recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Paige, the poet. That is my signature. It gives me great pleasure to come again on this evening on this show's platform with another exceptional literary artist as the feature. And I tell you, we're in for a treat this evening. I hope that you have your writing um, pad with you or your notebook because there's a lot to be discovered and a lot to discuss everyone. So you came to the right broadcast at the right time for this evening. Prepare, prepare yourself, because what's about to happen is nothing less than the best experience in literary art appreciation that you have ever had in your lifetime. So hold fast to your writing tools, hold fast to your writing pad, because you're about to experience an awesomeness like never used experience before. First and foremost, let's get started with our show's broadcast itinerary. Yes, for tonight, this show is a special feature and the target audience is every literary artist and writer or scribe. Ha-ha. Yes, that means you. That's right. Don't look away. Don't turn your neck around to the left or to the right. Don't turn your head around to what you think you need to focus on because you need to look, if you can get to a mirror at this time, yes, man, woman, boy, or girl, if you can get to a mirror, I want you to take a good look at yourself. That's right, yourself. A lot of times we don't think we are, but we are. There's things in life, you have a special gift. And for somebody out there, you know you love to write. That's more than just a hobby. That's a passion, and it's innate. And because it was born inside of you, it's time for you to nurture that gift. Nurture it. Celebrate it. Cherish it. Embrace it. Yes, I said nurture it. Celebrate it. Cherish it. Embrace it. Our main features for tonight, we have a topic, and it is creatively speaking in a politically correct or politically correct dominated world. Where do you, where do I, where do we go from there? Where do we go from here? 
creatively speaking in a politically correct dominated world where do you and i go from here that's our topic for this evening our focus is how to not offend when speaking your truth demands from you honesty and sincerity i'm going to say that again tonight's focus is how to not offend when speaking your truth demands from you honesty and sincerity The open forum discussion will center around the topic and focus for tonight. In addition, the feature artist in the spotlight, poetry and spoken word artistry are the main attraction, ladies and gentlemen. For tonight's show, our special guest, and feature artist is Kenny Walker Jr. And here's a little information about the spoken word artist and poet. Kenny Walker has performed with musicians and he has participated in open mics at various venues. And here's a positive affirmation that Kenny uses and he uses this often. Forward on, we move because move on, we must. I want to say that again. Let us think in. Yes, Selah, this. Selah, this. Forward on, we move because move on, we must. And for those of you who have internet access, visit the following link to hear live recordings of spoken word art by Kenny Walker Jr. And this is the link that you need to visit. You go to www.reverbnation.com backslash Kenny Walker Jr., that's J-R, Spoken Word Artist. And I'm going to give that link one more time, www.reverbnation.com backslash Kenny Walker Jr., which is J-R, not spelled the full name, Jr., Spoken word artist and again ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to episode 220 of the exceptional scribble show i am your host say the poet that is my signature to participate on tonight's broadcast please follow the call-in instructions Call 
444-444-7444. I repeat, call 724-444-7444. Also, the show's ID number is 133-193. And then the pound key. I repeat, 133-193. And then the pound key. That is the show's ID number. If you would like to join the live stream via the internet, you would just visit www.talkshoe.com. Yes, I repeat, www.talkshoe.com. Talkshoe is the internet server for the exceptional scribble shows radio broadcast. We air weekly on Tuesday nights. Our start time is 8 p.m. We were delayed tonight, launch to 8.15 for our launch time for the broadcast. Also, ladies and gentlemen, once you visit the TalkShoe.com homepage, you need to type in the show's ID number, which is 133193. Once you arrive at the homepage, look for the tab at the top of the page, in the center of the page, where it asks for the ID. You would type in this show's ID number, which is 133193, and then the pound key. So, ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, we will now get started with tonight's exclusive interview hour. For tonight's interview, our session again, we have as our feature artist and guest. Special guest in the spotlight, Kenny Walker Jr. Everyone, Kenny Walker Jr. Don't forget, this is a live broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. So when you call in, as a courtesy to other callers, as a courtesy to our special guest, make sure that your background noise is to a minimum, meaning... If you need to mute your mic before you open, please mute your mic. We do not want any noises to interfere with everyone's ability to listen during this exclusive interview hour session. Also, again, you can call in now. For those of you that would like to participate, please call in. You are welcome to call in. And we desire for you to call in. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I am now turning the spotlight on to the feature artist and special guest for tonight's broadcast. I am now rolling the red carpet. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are currently in terrain in to the exclusive inter 
view our session. Don't dare move. Stay put. Fasten your seatbelt because you're in for a ride. Maybe the first time you've had or experienced this ride, but I promise you it won't be your last time. This experience is something that you'll want to last for the duration of this lifetime. You'll want to continue having it. That means come back for more because we will be back for more. But but for tonight, we are now starting the exclusive interview hour. And again, the feature artist, in the spotlight, and the special guest for tonight's broadcast is Kenny Walker, Jr., everyone. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show, Kenny. Hello. Hi. Good evening. Good Welcome evening. to the Exceptional Scribble Show. Thank you. know, I was listening to your introduction. Yes. And I and I was looking around because I'm like, who else is on this show? Because <laughs> the way the way you talk me up, I was like, somebody is somebody else on here too besides me? Because you really talk up. <laughs> Thank you so much. I tell you, I try to prep the uh, listeners and the listening audience because we only have exceptional literary artists and scribes such as yourself. Well, come. I, 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 I appreciate that, but you know, I was like. I was looking around the room like somebody else. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So um, I want to, I want to say greetings to the audience tonight. Let's see. Thank you, thank you, and the audience tonight. I tell you, they're a little quiet right now, but that's temporary. Um, our show's launch was delayed by a few minutes, so I'm just notifying everyone. Yes, we are still on for tonight. We still have tonight's feature artist. And you're ready to get started. So yes, I am, long, I am surrounded by by different works of my spoken word here, and mm. I'm I'm ready to give certain things out for a certain you know certain things to the audience for a reason. Yes. So you know. Wonderful. So we'll get started with the following. First and foremost, if you can give us a brief. Um, introduction to your life, uh, just sharing with us some details about your background, all relating to the beginning or the genesis of your journey as a writer, as a spoken word artist. Okay, uh, we definitely, definitely want that information shared first. Thank you so much. That, that's easy. I, I started writing poetry when I was about nine or ten. Um, about 9 or 10, I started doing two things, um, writing poetry yeah. and reading comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, and to this day, I still do the same two things, write poetry and read comic books. Oh, okay. So, so um, you know, and um, I started reading poetry when I was about 9 or 10, 
And I was always known as someone like going up to school as someone who wrote poetry. When I was in high school, I was part of a literary magazine uh, where I made some great friends um, for life. And, um, oh, you know, I want to do something real quick. While we're on this radio show, come here. Come here. Sure. Come here. This is very unprecedented, but my mm-hmm. daughter, I was doing this, and she said, I always wanted to be on radio. So I'm going to let my 12-year-old daughter, Olivia, say hello. Say hello. Oh, hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you so much. Olivia is an inspiring actress. She wants to be an actress. Oh, awesome. Yeah, now, now she's leaving to do something actressy. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, peace and blessings. Yes, I, I'm a single dad with three teenage daughters. So, and, and they're with me throughout the whole week. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, I, wrote, I, I, I wrote poetry all through um, high school, college, and never performed it in public. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, until I became my early 20s. Um, okay. I went to community college, and I went to Glassboro State, back, Rowan, back when it was Glassboro yeah. State for a couple of years, and then I went to business school. But I always wrote, and I guess when I was like 23, 20, 21, 22, I started performing in public and reading my poetry, and I wasn't really that good of a reader because I was very nervous. Mm-hmm. I did some acting in high school and I did some acting in college, but for some reason, reading my poetry made me nervous. Because when you're acting, it's different. You have some, you have a script in front of you of someone else's work, and you can do that. But when you're reading poetry, you're kind of vulnerable because that's you out there. That's you. That's right. all you. So, um, and actually, I became a better reader by learning how to run before I can walk. And let me explain mm-hmm. that. Um, I I started reading poetry at a jazz club in Merchantville called Serengeti, and I would read poetry with old jazz cats. I was yeah, I think I'm like 24 years old. I'm getting on stage with these guys who are like 50 and 60 years old, playing jazz and monk and all that kind of stuff, playing birds right. and everything else, and they're letting me they're letting me spit my poetry to whatever they're playing. And the first mm-hmm. time I did it, I got in front. There was a guy playing the horn. There was a guy mm-hmm. playing the horn, and he was killing it. And after, yeah. he got, after, after he got finished, he got off stage, and everybody knew who he was, and he went in the back mm-hmm. of the bar, and he's sitting next to this beautiful woman, this beautiful woman. He's sitting next to her, talking to her and whatnot, and, you know, he disguised the man. I get up for the first time. I read poetry in this club. The, the, the band was playing um, all blues by Miles Davis. They're playing all blues, and they're, like, just playing. I'm doing it. And, and as I'm doing this guy who was just killing it, on the, the, killing it on the horn leaves this woman, comes up on stage, and follows me word for word. And from that wow. moment, I came from hanging with those guys for years, that's what taught me how to play with music. And after that, mm. I had a band called PG Vibe that, you know, okay. that was a, you know, a little bit. And then um, I got married, and I kind of still wrote my poetry and still did things, open mics once in a while, but not as active. Um, I, yeah. I was in the group that met on South Street, and we had a chance where we did things where when we met, we had visitors come through like Sonia Sanchez and Nikki Giovanni. 
And the highlight, I think, still the highlight of me doing po- one highlight of me doing poetry is that the night we hosted Nikki Giovanni, they pulled the, the, the person in charge pulled me aside and said, "Kenny, your job is to shadow Nikki Giovanni and make sure she's good." And I'm like, wait a minute, I get to hang out with Nikki Giovanni all night. I'm like, this, it doesn't, it doesn't get any better than this, man. Like, like you know, like it's right. right. That's right. Bro, growing up, they got to think I was, I was born in the '60s, so Nikki Giovanni, growing up in the '70s, you know, that's one of my idols in poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, so to one of the things is, I think one of my influences on poetry, um, when I was in the '70s, growing up as a kid, my parents had a last poet. There were a couple of last poet albums that I wasn't allowed to listen to because back then kids weren't allowed to listen to that stuff, and my parents played it when I wasn't around. And I heard it a couple of times. I snuck and heard it. I stuck and listened to it. But listening to last poets and Parliament Funkadelic or Stevie Wonder, that was one of my influences. So cut to now, you know, I get a band, and then I do another band called Straight Truth, and I read my poetry at different open mics. Then I do another band called Offshot. And, um, you know, and I've just been doing poetry, reading poetry, and um, that's pretty much my story. I'll talk mm. more as we go along, but, yeah. What a journey. I'm, wow, I'm just really blown away. You have had quite a genesis and quite a current um, experience as a literary artist and it seems like you're still evolving and you're enjoying that your evolution yeah. and right now awesome. i'm right now I'm not i'm not afraid to publicize this but right mm-hmm. we're on a we're on the track of getting this completed but i'm on a tra- i'm on a i'm on a journey with i've just started a journey with two very good poets in the area david harris and um poet lost child lost child uh the poet um, we're on a journey where we're forming kind of like a group, mm. mm-hmm. a group of poets who kind of do one poem together, kind of like the last yeah. poets, you know, so we're going to be tackling political and social issues. Okay. Of like, of awesome. Basically that, that, that's our, that's our format, but we're, we're going to, we're getting things together now, but we're going to be some positive brothers uh, doing some positive things. Wonderful. And what I'm enjoying and appreciating about you, uh, Kenny Walker Jr., the poet, the spoken word artist, is that you're using your artistry to promote social justice reform. And I think that is so key. And uh, would you like to even address uh, the audience and saying why that is so key for writers or spoken word artists to do well, this you know right what? now. Throughout throughout history, writers uh, throughout history, writers, mm-hmm. actors, poets, musicians, That's we right. have been the voice of the people. Mm-hmm. You know, we have been you know we have been we have been the mood of the people more so even in politicians. You know, we are the people. I mean, even back, if you go back to the '80s, when all the artists came together and did "We Are the World," when the artists came yeah. together and did the song about Sun City. You know, a band aid came together. You know, um, they did Live Aid in two different continents. You know, That's and, right. you go, and you go back to the Harlem Renaissance. 
mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, musicians and poets, and we have been the focus of what this world is and what it has become, and we are the voices. That's why when I hear today, like, uh, the famous people, the celebrities, when they speak out on certain issues such as, you know, um, you know, political things. And some people say, oh, no, you know, they should stick to acting. They should stick to music. They should stick to playing the sports. No, they have a platform for a reason. You know, these are the people that have the voices that everyone will hear. So it's very important that the artists of all kinds and athletes, too, speak out on the injustices of the world. Mm-hmm. I agree to that. It is very important. It's exceptional that the artists are doing it, but it's very significant that it be done. And I think that a lot of times we just take for granted because you had Stevie Wonder, he uh, used his artistry. So many um, use the platform of being an entertainer, an entertainer to affirm that they had a stand when it came to human rights issues and that they believed in the integrity of preserving human rights for every man and and that equity becomes not just a whole, you know? Back in the the 80s, it was Stevie Wonder was one of the main people Besides Coretta Scott King, that made Martin mm-hmm. King's birthday a holiday. He That's right. That. He advocated for that. You know, yes, he did. Um, you know, people have a lot to say about uh, back in those days about um, Sammy Davis Jr. because you know he, you know, he was for Richard Nixon. But on the other mm-hmm. side of that, he did a lot of things with Martin King and civil rights movement. So That's I mean, right. yes, I mean, there were a lot of people, even even Harry Belafonte in his later years, is still advocating for civil rights issues more than anyone. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of my one of my one of my issues now is that with a lot of entertainers, you don't have as many advocating for civil rights issues. You have you do have some, but you don't have as many advocating for civil rights as you should. And not right. I mean, the fact that Colin Kaepernick sticks out as much should not be the issue. The issue should be, why isn't everybody else standing up? Mm-hmm. That's right. Why? That's the question, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it. Reflect on it. Why isn't everyone standing up? Why aren't we all a united front taking a stand against what we see and know is wrong with America. It should be right. everyone, not just some of us, right but now, the some now, of us, yes, the whole yeah, of so us. Right now we, we, have, we have a very, we have a very, and see, it's not just, you know, as, as, a, as a black man, it's not mm-hmm. just standing up for the issues of my community of Afro-Americans. It's standing up for all the issues because, um, you know, if one person falls, everybody falls. You know, That's right. Against them, they're going to come after you. So right. I mean, the thing with the thing with this is right now we have a problem that everybody 
should be standing up for because we have these immigrant kids being taken away from their parents. And that is yes. very crucial that everybody should have a voice to stand up and make this administration see that, yo, wait a minute, this is what, look, man, when you got all the, all the presidents, when you have all the first former first ladies, Democrat and Republican, speaking on the same issue, against mm-hmm. the same issue. That's right. You have a problem. You have a problem that needs to be addressed. But you have people on the own party of the administration speaking up against something. You have a problem because the Republican governor of Maryland is no longer sending his National Guard to the border until this is resolved. Because That's you right. can't do this. You can't keep sending. You know, I, I, I'm very... I, I, I watch a lot of news and I read a lot of news feeds because I think it's important as an artist to stay focused and keep my thumb on the pulse of what's going on in America. But, um, you know. Okay, so what else do you need to ask me? Well, what we definitely should and can do right now is the following. I would love for you to grant our listeners with a sample of your spoken word art. Any poem or spoken word or literary you know what? Of your I, voice I, I, is fine. I was, I was listening to you earlier, and you mm-hmm. were saying how one of my models is forward or we move because move or we must. Yes. And when I was, I wrote that, I wrote a poem with that in mind years, years ago. And I finally used it with my band off shot in a song, but I still have the you know the poem itself. And I would like oh, to read heard that saying forward only move because move only must. Mm-hmm. And the poem itself is called Moving Forward. And basically the poem is about me. And mm-hmm. it's about a lot of my poems, a lot of my spoken word pieces are about things I experience or things I feel like any other poet and things I, you know, go through. So um, <clears throat> this is called Moving Forward. In the rapidly growing suburbs where giraffe goes green, or deep in imagination with your life inside his green. Tripping, transitioning in realms of here, there, and forevermore, lands and worlds, dimensions so far away, hidden behind his bedroom door. Daddy will never open his mind he rejects my souls in the freedom. I believe his heart shows jealousy because I will not become him. Therefore, forward on I move because move on I must. Forward on I move because move on I must. Forward on I move because move on, by, move on I must. Forward on I move because move on I must. Seeing so much transpire in so little time, wandering from coast to coast, maintaining, sustaining inner freedom is a thing that matters most. But books of knowledge in my right hand and my left hand reaches, stretches for my soul. Mommy throws the holy book in my face. Saving thy son's spirit is my ultimate goal. It's her ultimate goal. Still desperately trying to see what, still desperately trying to see, uh, I'm sorry, watching gravely, heroically on the outside. I'm still desperately trying to see within. The obstacles, barriers are standing life's way. Sometimes rise or fall again and again and again and again. Therefore, forward on I move because move on I must. Forward on I move because move on I must. So the list of looking, Searching for love and time of then, here, and now to come. Passion, desire, romance plays a part. However, love 
place is slave to everyone. As I look at myself in my own eyes, one day I asked a question if he was meant to be. The answer was, the answer is possible because straight from the heart. And I teach my mind, and I teach his mind and soul to be fixed. There's one day he'll have his own son to raise that He'll encourage him to use his imagination because his daddy taught him that way. Therefore, forward on I move because move on I must. Forward on I move because move on I must. Mm. I see myself in my, as my grandchildren grow, laying age wrinkled in my last bed, contemplating the years that got me here, content with my soul and the life I live. With those I love surrounding me and those I knew guiding me forevermore, <clears throat> I quietly let my spirit roll free to a freedom I never felt before. Stand for forward on I move because move on I must. Forward on I move because move on I must. Hmm. Wow. Powerful. Powerful indeed. And, that, and that compelling. Was, that that was a poem from kind of um, seeing myself. At the time I wrote that, my daughters weren't born and my son was born. And, um, you know, I wasn't married to his mother. And that's what that was about. And my son and I, he's 25 now. He just got married last year. We're very, I'll be 26 this year. We're very close, and we talk all the time, it, um, as much as we can, actually, now that he lives in Japan. But we talk all the time, and we're very close. And we still podcast together for, like, two years. Oh, okay. We stopped last year because right. once again me being a comic book nerd we did a talk we did a podcast about nerdy stuff in comic books like nerd like stuff and it might still be on SoundCloud um, you might be able to catch the episodes but uh, we talked a lot about things like that and you know a lot of that was about my you know the beginning of that was about my parents because my father never really understood the fact that I was a poet and an actor and that's what I kind of wanted to be because in his time, it wasn't, like, the thing to do, and you had to go to college for business and stuff like that. And, right. you know, so, that you know, like I said, I pretty much write about my life, and I'm kind of bad about it a lot of times. Mm. Well, thanks for sharing your um, sentiments as well as your um, thoughts and experiences because I'm sure someone listening needed to have some – sense of feeling assured because a lot of artists at times are finding people like to put us in the box. They like to put a label on us and say, you're this kind of artist, you're a pop artist, you're a um, hip-hop artist, you're, you're a this artist, you're a that artist, instead of rather just saying, you are a creative mind artivist. And I heard the most recent term, which it just really grabbed me, um, and that is instead of being just an artist, you can be a social justice reform artist. And that's putting social justice before your art, letting people know, in my artistry, I am on a mission, and that is to promote a cause, and social justice reform is that cause. So I do want to encourage artists, find out what your cause is, and that's what you promote 
before your art, meaning don't forget. And in your artistry, in your being an artist, when you're on that stage, I have a cause I must promote also. And that should happen first and foremost. When I come out, I should show that audience this is what I'm about. I've seen artists, they'll have a shirt that wear all black, and they'll have a shirt with a specific emblem on it, whether it's the raised fist in the air, Hello? whether it's a rainbow showing that they are embracing diversity, and it doesn't matter what a person's sexual orientation is. I respect all of humanity, but I think we should be that walking, talking billboard on display as artists that promotes a cause. And why not social justice reform when we see so many injustices are taking place in our everyday life and in America? And it's time for us as American, if we are citizens of America, to stand united Yes, to make that united front and say, we want change and we want it now. And why not use the platform you have as an artist? Why not, people? It's time. We can do this. Let's do this. Exactly. exactly. Yes, yes. So time, I'm happy. I'm happy time, for throughout you. Time, throughout time, the artists have been the voice of the people and have been the inspiration of people. I mean, um, inner city blues by Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things that tells you the time. You're in a vision by Stevie Wonder. You know, That's right. the Beatles' White Album. You know, the music of the Beatles, there's different, you know, um, music and cultures and things that have been, you know, Jack Kerouac, the things that writers and poets have been the voice of the people for that time, you know. So, I mean, that's that's very important. It's very important, you know. So, yeah. I mean, you got guys like Bob Dylan. That was, you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary. The folk singers of the, of the late 60s. Oh, and the my, 50s, yes, which were yes, very, indeed. Which were very prominent for that time, you know, because they were the voice of the people, you know, the people yes, who did revolutionary yes. things, you know. So that was very, you know, Let's go back to Douglas, who are current POTUS mm-hmm. alive for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, I mean, you know, so it's very important. Yes. I want to acknowledge our chatter. We have a chatter in the chat room. Yes, I see. I'm hearing, hearing you chatter. Guest number four, I want to welcome you to episode 220. Of course, we have a special guest and feature artist in the spotlight by the name of Kenny Walker, Jr. If you have any questions that you would like directed to our special guest and feature artist, just feel free to type that message and I can relay it. If you would like to call in, you can dial 724-444-7444. Four. And the show's ID number is 133-193, and then the pound key. Also, guest number five, welcome, welcome. Yes, you are welcome. Thank you for joining. Guest, guest, number, guest, guest number five might be me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, just, I just joined into the chat so I can see. 
Okay. Yeah, we have a, um, I guess they're silent right now, but I just wanted to encourage them if they would like to ask a question of our special guest and feature artist, Kenny P. Walker, Jr., whom is a spoken word artist and poet. And as you heard, um, he's aspiring. He's yet aspiring to do greater work. So we know he's not finishing his evolution. He's still evolving. And that's where we need to be as artists ever evolving. Don't stop evolving. Um, A lot of times we put ourselves in a box. It's not even other people doing it. And we just stop because we like doing something. Never stop because there's possibly something more that you can do. There's possibly something more in your treasure chest, deep down in your well, in in the body of yourself called your soul that you can contribute to all of this world. So keep stirring that pot. I always, um, it's like an old, old wise wise saying, if you stir the pot long enough, what's at the bottom rises to the top. So a lot of times we stop stirring the pot. Um, We stop uh, digging into the well. and, And when you stop digging into the well, you'll never know what all is in there. So I want to encourage someone tonight who's tuning in, don't stop digging, don't stop stirring the pot. There's more inside of you than you even know, but you'll never find out if you stop. So keep digging. (laughs) It's like miners, you know, if you're digging for a certain treasure, um, certain types of uh, gems, you got to, some you got to dig a little deeper. Um, I remember Tanzanite, when Tanzanite was first, um, I guess you could say publicly revealed. And um, when it was literally first um, acknowledged as a gem, it wasn't at the beginning um, that everyone in America knew about Tanzanite. And when uh, it was cherished in Africa as a discovery and a gem that should be admired, and it became one, you know, the the European gemology um, they determine and, and confirm what gems there are. And when it was confirmed that Tanzanite was a gem, oh, my gosh, everybody wanted Tanzanite. They wanted a Tanzanite pendant, Tanzanite earring, Tanzanite ring. So um, sometimes you have some precious stones. You got some something stored inside of you that's precious that you haven't even discovered yet. But go on a deep uh, go on a very deep um, journey. Go on a very deep journey within your soul and just ask yourself the question, am I all of what I am? Am I introducing to others all of what I have inside to offer them? And if you take out the time and take that deep reflection moment, you will discover there's something more to you than maybe you've even embraced. So be willing, be willing to discover what's yet a hidden treasure inside of yourself. And once you do that, you can unlock, help others unlock the hidden treasures inside of them. But it always starts within you or within us first. Exactly. That's right. Well, we're going to hear some more poetry. We have an awesome spoken word artist, ladies and gentlemen. We have Kenny Walker, Jr. And, Kenny, um, if you have any published 
works um, out there or any projects that are currently launching, of course, take this uh, time and this opportunity to introduce them to our listening audience. And if there's any um, special causes as well that you promote, feel free to share well, about them. Right, right now, I don't have any um, public works I'm working on. Um, publishing um, a book I want to dedicate to my children. Uh, called oh, beautiful. And I will probably read the main poem, Legacy, uh, tonight. And, okay, and excellent. And, um, only thing I have, if you go on SoundCloud, uh, Reverb Nation, if you, look at my, if you look at my old groups, uh, Truth, Mm-hmm. Offshot, you will hear some of my work with my old band. Oh, okay. So that's uh, you know, very good stuff. Um, I was, I was, I had the pleasure of working with some very talented artists. Uh, mm-hmm. We had at least, besides me, there were eight other people in the band. So yeah, we had two female singers, a sax player. Uh, bass player, two guitar players, percussion player, drummer. So we had a very full set. And in off shot, we had four guys, but the sound was phenomenal. And we worked together great. And I don't know if he's listening, but I want to shout out to um, um, my my buddy Ralph, who was the main person to put the music in Straight Truth. Uh, I'm not Straight Truth, I'm off shot, rather. An off shot, and uh, I live in Jersey, and Ralph um, moved to Florida, and that was the one reason the off shot kind of disbanded because without Ralph, we were just not a group. So, you know, um, but anyway. Okay, all right. Well, I do want to um, commend I, you I, I, on. There's, there's, so, there's something you have to know about me. I'm yeah, very. Yeah. I, I like to give credit what credit is due. When I go mm-hmm. out to other mics, when I go to other performances, I like yeah. to see other people do well and perform, and I like and I like to be able to give them that credit for that. I'm not mm-hmm. one, even when I had my bands and I had singers who backed up my spoken word with singing. You know, I like to like I would tell my singers, I don't want you standing in the background while I'm doing spoken yeah. word. I want you standing next to me. Like I want to next to me. You know, I have mm-hmm. one singer I had one singer who didn't do well with my group Straight Truth who felt like he had to be on the sideline and yes. in the background. And I was like, No, dude, I want you next to me singing. I want us to be you know, and he couldn't grasp that concept, which mm-hmm. didn't work out for the band. So, um but I like to like when I had Straight Truth, I had one female singer to begin with, and I had the one guy who didn't work out, and then I had the two female singers. But I wrote a song for the women to sing that didn't really, like, I put some spoken word into it. Yeah. But it was more focused on them. And then when we did oh, cover okay. songs, and then we did cover songs, because with every band, even though we did a lot of original stuff, you had to mm-hmm. cover songs. And then when we did cover stuff, you had right. to. Um, you know, I, I I did songs that focused on my background singers because it wasn't all about me. And I was all about yeah. letting my musicians have solos and have saves. You know, when I was when I was first starting out in the entertainment, I watched at, at Club Serengeti, if they had a blues night, even though it was a jazz club, 
And I watched a jazz band thing that I cannot remember the name of. And the one reason I cannot remember the name of it because it was a blues band with a bass, a guitar, and a drummer. And the guitar player was the main guy, and it was his blues band. But he had a great bass player and an awesome mm. drummer behind him. And all he did yeah. the whole show was showboat his guitar playing and never focused on his background. Mm. And that to me, that was like, wow, this guy really is egotistical. And this, this is a, it, although mm-hmm. the music sounds good, this concert kind of, this show kind of sucks. Now, one of the best shows I've ever seen, now, mind you, mm-hmm. I've seen Prince like two or three times, and I'm a big Prince fan, I love him. And, but, and that was one of the best shows I've seen, two, two of the best shows I've seen. But one of yeah. the best shows I've ever seen was a guy called Boz Skaggs, who a lot mm-hmm. of people know. But Boz Skaggs, I, he did a show, and I think I saw him at the Tower. I can't remember what it was, but it was like over 20 years ago. I saw Boz Skaggs, and the reason his show was so good is because everyone was there to see Boz Skaggs. Boz Skaggs sat back, put his arms out, and let his band showboat for most of the show. He did all oh, the things wow. he wanted to do. He did Lilo Shuffle. He did, you know. Um, what an honorable artist. Dirty, he did Dirty Lowdown and Lilo Shuffle and everything you wanted to hear and Miss Sun. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. he let his band show their talents. And that, to me, was one of the best concerts I've seen because yes, this is a guy that awesome. everybody should play. But he's, he's shown enough. That's an encore. And he's letting his other people so shine. Fun. Yes, indeed. And, that, and, and that's how you do it. I love it. And I want to share with everyone. Uh, the special guest feature artist, Kenny P. Walker, Jr. I believe I did uh, say this at the beginning of the program, but some people have joined us that weren't able to join us sooner. Um, just just for those that are just now joining us, uh, Kenny Walker has performed with Musician, and he has participated in open mics at various venues. Um, so this is an artist I would, I would, I would call such an artist as being one who is cultured, being one who appreciates, he has a deep appreciation for the arts, and being one who is versatile. Yes, versatile. Um, And I think that as key as artists, that we find our voice, find our voice, spend time exploring art. Spend time exploring art. Don't just say, this is it. I like doing this as an artist. If you're an artist, you're a creative mind yes. artist. Yes. So allow Definitely. yourself, yes, the privilege of exploring art. And I, 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 don't, like that I, don't, like people, I don't like when people pigeonhole themselves. That's it. And when you pigeonhole That's yourself, it. Like I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. As we're doing this interview and I'm on the phone and I'm looking at I on mute. I mm-hmm. have one of my favorite performers on mute on the TV in front of me because I like watching them dance. And I'm watching Sing the Rain by Gene Kelly. Because I'm, yes. you know. Oh, you my. Know, you know what I'm yes. Because yes. I like watching it, you know, and Donald O'Connor doing his Make It, make, make it Last Classic. Dance. Yes. I like Classic. Oh. Stuff. This stuff is great. One of my favorite yes, movies indeed. is um, Stormy Weather. With the yes, yes, like just, yes, just yes. It. You know, and you got Cab Calloway and Nicholson, but, and and you got Robinson. Like how do you how do you how do you beat that kind of cast, man? You know, Lena Horne, Bill, <laughs> Bill, Bill, you know, Bo Jangles Robinson, and when he does that same mm-hmm. movie, oh my God, it's like you know, 
It's like it's like and Stats Waller, you know. I yes, like, yes. Oh my goodness. And then, um, as a matter of fact, my daughter had to do a project from someone in I think the thirties or forties, and she asked me, "Give me a jazz singer or someone." Mm-hmm. And I said, "You know what? Stats Waller." So she had to do a report on Fats Waller because she was looking for someone. And I gave her Fats Waller, and it's like, wow, because Ain't Mr. Haven has to be mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Especially when he does it, you know? It's like, right. Wow, you know? So and for those me. that don't know who he's referring to, Fats Waller mm-hmm. is an American jazz pianist, ladies and gentlemen, an organist, yes. a composer, a singer, a comedic entertainer. He yeah. was definitely colorful as an artist. Yes, indeed. One, one never knows, do one. Yes. <laughs> he's very, he was very talented. Beautiful and, soul. And, and unfortunately, he died at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a train on his way back. Um, I, I, I believe the same year that Stormy Weather came out. So, yeah. you know, um, so, you know, I think he might have been, coming from filming that or on the way of promoting that, but, you know, mm-hmm. he, he got it very young, but he's very talented. And the, But the thing that is, is you have to be versatile because, you know, I know these things, yet I know the new things that are out, and it's, you know, one of my favorite groups is, you know, Sliding the Family Stone, so you have to be kind of versatile, you know. I'm that guy that listens to the Beatles, and, mm-hmm. and if, if I'm playing my MP3 player, one minute you'll hear the Fugees, next minute you'll hear the Beatles, Next minute you'll have DMX, DMX, yes. and next minute you'll you'll be Frank Sinatra. So yes, I love it. You, know, you have to be first word in your taste. Yes, a variety of music and art. Yes, indeed. And that's you, just, you know, you especially for a young, um, they're yet finding themselves. You know, a lot of young yes. artists are yet finding themselves. And they need to have a big ear. They need to allow themselves the opportunity to hear various forms of music and then choose, okay, I think I'll I'll sample this. I think I'll try that. I think I'll try the other. Because it's so much diversity within art. Really, it is. It's so much. It's a lot of diversity in art. And if you don't give yourself a chance to know that, you're depriving yourself as an artist of that. And that's also a help to artists as for self-discovery. How will you know if you've not been exposed to know, you know? So let's expose yeah, like, ourselves to art. Like when, you listen, like when you listen to, and I hate to say, I hate to, you know, categorize, but when you listen to some young people, that only listen to newer music. Exactly. And not give it. Or when you listen to someone, look at somebody who's, you know, of a certain age, and they'll say they can't watch a black and white movie. Mm. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. looking at them like, you can't watch it. You're missing one of the greatest things, you know. You're missing out on things like Stormy Weather and Casablanca because mm-hmm. you didn't watch a black and white movie, man. You know, one of my favorite favorite Cabin in the Sky. Movies, mm. You know, Kiss, yeah, Cabin in the Sky. I think you know, that was uh, the first time I saw the man moonwalk. I thought Michael Jackson, when I was younger, I thought Michael Jackson was the first. Yeah. And I thought James Brown, because I know, of course, James Brown inspired Michael. But yeah, when I, I saw Cam in the Sky, I said, wait a minute. I'll be honest. I'm going to say something that's very, uh, people are going to look, listen to me and say, okay, Kenny is now off his rocker. I used to be, in my younger years, 
in my more nimble years, I used to be a really good club dancer. And I used to be one of them guys that was in the club in the early 90s that would battle people and dancers and stuff like that. Hey, did you ever go to Soul Train? No, I never went to Soul Train. But I was one of the, uh, but in actuality, I would make up moves off the top of my head. Well, I want to say welcome. That was, um, that's the voice of the Duke. He's the third winner on this broadcast, everyone. Okay. All right, great. And he definitely knows the arts, especially musical arts and and literary arts. So he no, yeah, we're glad to have him. So no, never, never been on Soul Train. He went to local clubs and But in actuality, when I used to battle people, I would actually steal moves from Gene Kelly and make them into hip hop dance moves. And and oh, I would stop actually win battles. Stop it! Yeah. I would have yeah. loved to have watched you in action. Oh, yes, yes. Gene Kelly. Yeah, Gene Kelly, man. Hip hop. Mixing yeah, I was, the yeah. two of that? Yeah. Whoa. I, whoa, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and I will say, I don't That's know if anybody business. has ever beat me before, but I've never lost, in the 90s, I never lost a dance battle. <laughs> oh, I, you should not have bringing but, Gene but, Kelly into but, that but, mix that with was, the hip hop. That, that was my way <laughs> years. That was my way younger years. And back then, I could do a lot more things. And I even could be mm-hmm. I able to do a split back then. So, you know, hey. <laughs> okay, so you wait a minute. You owned the dance floor back then. Yeah, I, I, I would say I did. Yes, <laughs> I, I would say I, I'm. I'm going look. I'm gonna act like this is a space game, and I'm gonna talk much trash. Yes, I mm-hmm. own it. <laughs> no problem. We have a lineup here for you. I want to ask this. We have a caller from Minnesota. Welcome to the call, please. Caller from Central Minnesota, you are on the call. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Hi. Please introduce yourself. This is Dr. Sharonda. Oh, Dr. Sharonda, welcome. I don't know how long you've been on, but we have Kenny Walker Jr. as the feature artist for tonight in the spotlight. And I tell you, this brother, he's modest, number one, which is just, it just it just wows me because he is so endowed. He is so endowed when it comes to not just art itself and music mm-hmm. and the appreciation thereof and experiences he has had um, with, we're talking about like Nikki Giovanni being on a stage, sharing a stage with her and so many others and legends as well. But he has such a big heart when it comes to promoting social justice reform as a cause. And all of his poetry, all of his poetry embraces that truth. And when he's on that stage as an artist, he's a creativist. I've seen him in action. I had him for the opening of the Open Mic Venue Spit Your Truth artist collaboration of poetry, art, music, which I am a host of here in Philadelphia, PA. He was the... Mm -hmm opening, the opening act as a feature and the very, for our very first one. And I tell you, he manned that stage and he demanded that every person in that audience find the inner artist in them. I mean, he promoted art in the most honorable manner and Mm -hmm. 
he, I tell you, he saluted the greats in every um, poetry, uh, spoken word artist uh, performance that he did. He saluted the greats. He honored the elders and the ancestors. It was beautiful to see him in action. I look forward to the next time we're going to have him as a feature. But I tell you, for for our first, we couldn't have had a better artist on that mm-hmm. stage as the opening of our Spit Your Truth artist collaboration. We are so honored that he came, and he just delivered. He delivered. I mean, even though he has a condition um, that from time to time he suffers from that uh, causes him to cough, you didn't even notice that he coughed one time because mm. he was just that awesome. I, 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 that have, awesome. I, I have sarcoidosis. Hello? Could, yes. And can yeah. you tell a little about what that is? Because some of us, maybe some aren't. I, you know what? I am not the doctor of this. Okay. Um, I live with it. But basically what happens is my lungs fill up with fluid, and uh, it makes me cough a lot, and it makes me, you know, I'm I'm kind of congested a lot of times. I take mm-hmm. a lot of medicines for it, and I try okay. not to take a lot of medicines for it. And I try to do as natural as I can to keep it right. controlled. And, um, you know, it's which is one of the things that, you know, anybody can get the flu, anybody get pneumonia, mm-hmm. anybody can die from a pneumonia, but mm-hmm. I'm more susceptible to be um, morally, um, immor- mortally impaired mm-hmm. by, you know, colds and pneumonia and things oh, like yeah. that because my lungs are full up with fluid. <laughs> But it makes you wow. cough sometimes, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, strangely enough, one of my bands, my I had a drummer in Offshot, my drummer mm-hmm. Mike Madar, who at the end of our, you know, like every band, they never last for long. It's like if you ever seen that movie, that thing you do with a guy okay. asking him about the band, and, the, and, the, yeah. and the old guy tells him, you know, bands don't stay together, you know, things keep them apart. But Mike mm-hmm. and I never got along too well. But Mike gave me one respect. He said. You know, he would say, you know, as a band, we could do a 45. Kitty can cough as we're having a regular conversation. Mm-hmm. But as a band, we could do a 45-minute set, and you won't hear a peep out of them because some, for some reason, when I'm performing or doing spoken word, I won't cough. I know. I just thought it was amazing to see how you just are a champion, and, and you just don't let things hold you back. And I said, now, to have a condition of that sort and to still pioneer through that challenge that you have anytime um, you're performing, that says a lot about your spirit. That is the salute to the human spirit. Well, we honor you. We honor you on the platform. Yo. I want to say something. Thank you for sharing your story about the coffin, my brother. And the reason why is because I do a lot of coughing myself. And you know what? I want to tell you, I'll tell you why. I smoke weed, okay? And I cough every damn day. And I want to tell you something. There's nothing wrong with coughing. It's a reason for it. You have to focus on the reason. Why coughing it? Get a remedy. You feel me? I, if I want to stop coughing, I need to stop smoking. So... I just don't know. I just want, I just I felt like I wanted to say that. Okay. Now that's 
the Duke, ladies and gentlemen. He's the third wheel on this broadcast. My concern is I never heard someone say because of smoking weed that they had a chronic cough condition. I never. You're the first. I, I never heard. I never heard that either. So and that's I know a new thing to me. Yeah, that, people, I'm glad you share that because I've never heard that. And oh, yeah, yeah, wow, I'm, I'm like, whoa. I know a lot of people who smoke weed and I've never heard them say it makes me cough. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the people who smoke mm-hmm. weed are looking at me going, hey, Kenny, man, why don't you try this weed and this might slow down your cough. Here. Okay, like, great, no, I'm great, good. great. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Well, do you, I'll tell you one thing. It's, I'm being honest with you. you know, I, I never had a cough before I smoked weed, and I've never okay. smoked cigarettes okay. at all in my life. See? Mm. And, and, and I just have kind of like a persistent cough. You know, it's, it's, it's every day because I smoke weed. You know, if I stop smoking weed, that's going to clear up. I won't be having a cough. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people probably are in denial about the, the, the disadvantages, the health disadvantages. Okay. Okay, uh, smoking, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, now, now what I'm going to say, brother, as a concern to you, what I'm going to say, because Sage and myself have never heard of someone coughing from smoking weed, my brother, I think just in case, you should, mm-hmm. get, this, you should get this checked out. Yeah, get it checked out. You should get this checked out. There might be another problem mm-hmm. with your lungs besides the weed. Because I ain't never heard That's of weed doing anything to anybody detrimental. That's true. I would get okay. it checked out, too, because yeah. I don't That's hear true. a lot of people saying that. You know, just out of curiosity, I would get it checked out. Well, I just recently went to the emergency room uh, mm-hmm. because I had a, sw- a swollen foot. Not to try to talk about the Duke right now, but they did blood work on me, okay? And they came up pretty good, good blood work, you know? And, of course... Okay. They didn't, they didn't do a CAT scan or anything like that, so I don't know about but I know other they things. Listen but to your your um breathe, you know your lungs, listen to you breathe, you know it's no, nothing. they didn't do that, but yeah. And every time I've ever had something like that, it's always been a task with good results. I'm I'm a singer, you know. Mm-hmm. I beat I beat I got a lot of lung space. I, I guess I have big lungs, you know, or something. Very yeah. Nice, you know, but. Again, I smoke every day, and I smoke right, all right. day long. Did you say all <laughs> day long? Yeah, man, all day. <laughs> and tell everybody where you're from or where you live at, and maybe they oh, may. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm from California. Not only that, I'm from San Francisco right now. Been out here for 15 years, and, I mean, they wrecked it. Recently, they wrecked it. They they totally went recreational on marijuana out here in the California. Yeah, I know. So, when the New Year came in in California. Mhm. What's that? What you say, Van Stage? Um, was asking whether when the New Year came in that it became legal. Um, just this last year. Exactly. For California, that is. Yeah, just the last year, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the whole thing is, you guys, I'll be mean, back to this whole thing about the brother, you know, he's talking about his, his situation and the coughing and, and during it. I mean, I would look at coughing and be mostly like, I'm not going to be like, uh-oh, he's a clone. See that coughing right there? He's about to faint and shit. He's a clone. That says he's a clone. He got something going on. I'd be like, so what? Everybody coughs. Don't even, it's not negative, you know? So. Right, I, I understand what you're saying. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. We got a couple of callers. I want to give everybody a chance while we have Kenny. Um, thank you. While we sure while we have Kenny in the spotlight, I want to give everyone a chance if they have any questions, comments, or remarks. Um, because we have just a few minutes left for the exclusive interview hour, and then we're transitioning to our free publishing tips hour. And the lead facilitator is the co-host, warrioress queen, Zipporah Thelman. We have a caller from New York. Please uh, introduce yourself, and then we're coming to Philadelphia, and then uh, to Zipporah, our co-host. Caller from New York, welcome. Hello, hello. Hi, please give your name. This is Legendary from Buffalo, New York. Oh, all right. Legendary is, everyone, Legendary is a poet. I love that name, too, Legendary. So just know this. I'm going to say this about this poet because some of you may not know this yet. Um, um, First of all, I want to thank you for calling in because we have a phenomenal feature artist in the spotlight tonight, Kenny Walker, Jr., and we've been just enjoying having dialogue with him. Um, but legendary, everyone, legendary has cerebral palsy. Am I correct, legendary? Yes, ma'am. He was born without much of a chance of living. None at all, actually. Right, with no chance. Um, uh, he was not expected to survive. Uh, he overcame that struggle, and he has been an overcomer uh, in general in his life. He's doing things that doctors say he could never do. And for no. him to use legendary as a title, that is so fit yes. for such a yes. person. So I just wanted to say that. And legendary, do you have anything uh, you'd like to direct to our future artist, maybe a question for him? Um, or any comment. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say, because uh, tonight I'm also speaking on soul plans, but I couldn't let this pass. Uh, I wanted to say, uh, for the little time that I have been on the line, I've heard the story mm. of what he was talking about. And hearing stories like that give me pride and confidence in myself as a young man because I was always given growing up, the world is three strikes against me. Mm-hmm. And especially recently, um, people use the fact that I'm young to treat me like I'm less. They use the fact that I'm quote unquote disabled to treat me like I'm less. And in regards to what he was speaking about being versatile, not only am I a spoken word artist, I'm known for freestyling my mm-hmm. spoken word. And I also enjoyed what he said because a lot of the times I'm 26. And so normally when I tell people I like the Isley Brothers or Stevie Wonder, of course I get the. <laughs> Right. You I get that you don't know nothing about that, but what he just said just proved it. Just because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in that era. No, I may not know, but I can learn. There's That's different right. ways Beautiful. to approach well, that. Now, legend, legendary, if you allow me, I want to tell you a story. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick story. My son is 26. Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal artist. He went to the University mm-hmm. of Arts in Philadelphia, um, and he's a great artist. But for a time when he was a teenager, he played guitar. Now, I'm an old-school R&B guy and funk guy, and, and at the time when he was coming up in the 90s, I knew the newer music and stuff like that. Now, his mother was into rock and stuff like that. So this kid, and I would, take, and I would also take my son to jazz shows, too, when he was younger. Yes. So he got, 
He got to learn about Monk, and he got to learn about the Beatles. He got to learn about everything, Jimmy Hendrix and everything. So one day he's like, about 14, 15, we go to the music store because I'm looking for some stuff. And he goes and he tells me he can play guitar. And I'm like, okay. And he tells me he can play Jimi Hendrix, Purple Haze. And I'm mm. thinking, okay, mm. fine. You can have guitar, we plug it in. And I go, I'm expecting to hear bump, 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 bump. Right. <laughs> bump, bump, bump. All of a sudden, I'll turn my back. This kid goes, dun, 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 the heck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> now, and that, that made me that made me write a poem called, you know, um, play like Jimmy, because my son was playing oh, like Jimmy. Oh, okay. You know, That's inspiration I, I, for that I wish poem. I could okay. find the poem now, but I can't. But in any event, mm-hmm. you know, because of the way I raised my son, and, and actually would help from his mother too, you know, um, he was able to be versatile. You know, as twenty six. Yeah. You know, and, and my son never really listened to mainstream music. He always listened to either underground hip hop, underground rock, or underground. And it's the same with me. Yeah. I can yeah. talk about hip hop, but I I want that kind of person where we can talk about hip hop, but at the same time, I can tell them how I love Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. I can talk. By the yeah. way, when you said monk, yeah. immediately my head went to boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, boom. Yeah. Give me the good yeah. And I just was like, you know what I mean? It's that real artistry yeah. because how yeah. I nurture myself as an artist is vibration. My mother, my adoptive mother, mm-hmm. taught me about vibration. And yeah. my older brother mm-hmm. always said, you got to be careful what you allow into your mind by your eyes and your ears. And oh. I nurture my poetry very well. So when I heard you speak, you just gave me a lot of courage, especially with my personal story. A lot of people look at my age. And they mm-hmm. think he ain't, hasn't been through anything. But I've been a spoken word artist for six years now. And mm-hmm. dealing with all these physical ailments, you know, and, again, mm-hmm. being treated. I just left a radio station because they tried to pull the seniority card, you know. Right. And, um, you know, and it's not. So I've been battling the three strikes automatically. And I've been infusing advocacy for people with CP and other disabilities. And yeah. My my brother, I commend you. Anybody who's yes, dealing indeed. with something where, that you're dealing with, and still, you know, want to want to move forward, like you know, forward. Like I say, forward only move because we're one we must. And mm-hmm. someone who still wants to move forward, despite your um, the things you have against you, um, mm-hmm. that makes you a hero in my book. You know, yes, that indeed. makes you a hero in my book. You're the person. That I want to look a up real to. hero. Yes. Yeah, you're the person that I want to look up to because you know I don't have what you have. I have sarcoidosis, which is something that makes me cough once in a while, but you have something more serious, and and you 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 are here fighting when they said you shouldn't be here. So that makes mm-hmm. you way stronger and more positive than anyone, you know, right now that I can actually know because, you know, mm-hmm. that that's a very positive thing, man. That's, and, 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 and please, give me a link because I would love to hear some of your work. <laughs> it's yes, funny you. that you say that. Um, as for such a renowned artist and who's done all these things, Sage, if I may 
Yes. Do a quick freestyle for him so he can. Yes, you may. Honor. Yes. Yes, you may. Yes, you may. Right. I was going to outstage. I was going to say, can we hear some of this brother's words? <laughs> no. What I do for people who've heard me the first time is I let them give me a topic and I will freestyle. And people, you know it's legit because I just ask them what's going to be. Yeah, that's right. It's legit. Again, he's legendary. There's a reason why he has that name. All right. (laughs) Legendary, I don't want to give you a topic, fans. I want you you to tell me what you got. You you tell me from your heart. That's your topic. You tell me from your heart and what you're feeling now. He wants me to tell him from my heart. From my heart are four chambers with which I was in prison because somehow prisons aren't just a man behind bars and getting served three square meals of crap on a tray. Four chambers of which I tried to hold open so someone could love me one day, but now it doesn't happen. Mama is gone, and even though the mama that birthed me into the world is still here, we are just as strange as the stranger walking by a river. And I went to the river of Jordan, and he said, don't call me Jordan, call me Jack because I am a man of faith, and he tried to roll them bones on me, and I tried to blow them joints right back. So when I blew on them bones, yeah, that's right. Damn. I was able to clench a fist and move, and then I started breaking it down. But see, then there's this thing I have in my body called palsy. Palsy, purpose, personified, personality, personally, see? Now I'm stuttering over standards with the letter P because I am illiterate, not illiterate, illiterate because people in prisons make personalities kind of pepper, like paprika. I got a little kick to me, even though I have trouble kicking my leg out, so when I go cerebral, I attack the brain. In other words, the brain paralysis, and even though I was sentenced to death in the beginning, I was never signed to death roll. This is mortal combat. I will finish him and feel my animality because I am indeed a lion. I am indeed the alpha a wolf. I take my position as a leader. I take my position as a commander. I am an adventure. No need to answer the call. I am a customer service, but I will not yes. serve you with a smile. I will serve you with the same kind of sentence that was sentenced to me because now I hold the gavel freely with this freestyle spoken word. I am an anonymous. I dare you to test me. Mark and fill in your bubbles correctly with your number two legs. Because I am the number one that leads, even if all I have to do is sit here and bleed. And that's that piece. Mm. Wow. And that was freestyle, wow. everyone. Thank wow, that you. Unscripted. It wasn't written. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Nice. Nice. And that's him all day, every day, Kenny. That's you see him. How- you see how I got away with reading this one poem? And, 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 <laughs> but no, I like to hear other people, though, man. I like to be entertained by other people. Mm-hmm. Man. I like to, you know, that's how you learn and that's how you grow, by by listening to what's going on around you, man. It's great. Legendary, thank truth. you very much for that, man. That's the real gospel right there, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it straight from the mouth of Kenny Walker, Jr., how... Can you become enriched as an artist if you don't hear other people and give yourself the opportunity of indulging in art from various artists? Well, that is how to nourish it correctly. You know, people just take any old thing. Like even in today's music, I am the generation of Lauryn Hill, Jill Scott, Erica Badu, but you, Cardi B, so am I. I'm just what I mean is, you know, (laughs) these are what nourish. Me, this is what I did. You have to decide what nourishes you and what vibration 
you have to nurture your art not only in putting time and dedication, but you have to nurture it just like a baby. You don't want to feed it any old thing. You know, I I feel the same way. I feel the same way when I write when I write a poem or when I write a piece. I feel the same way when I write a piece because I know people who will jump on current events and write a piece right away about this, that, and the other thing. When I write a piece, it can't be like that. I can't write a piece a day. I can't write a piece right, a week right, per se. Right. I when I write a piece, it's got a, it's it's like a baby to me. I have to mm-hmm. be thinking about it and have to like kind of push it out. And when I push it out, it has to flow a little naturally. Yeah, I have some spoken word pieces that I have in my computer that I've been working on for like a month or so. But then I have some yeah. spoken word pieces that just flow out. And then mm-hmm. when people pieces over every major event. To me, it's, it's like when people have, like, 10, 20 chapbooks out. Well, if you, have, if you wrote that many poems and you have 10, 20 chapbooks out in a short amount of time, you really didn't put your heart into that poem. You were just writing the poem just to write a poem. Well, you're right. filling the quota. You didn't right. nurse at that it. Point, right. At that point, it becomes a job, and that's the difference. That's so right. I separate it like this. There are people, because I've learned this about myself recently, there are those who learn to be artists and those who just are. The kind of people you're talking about, they learned to be artists, and they're still learning. Mm -hmm. I walk. I have trouble walking, but I walk by walking the path of the artist. This is who I am because Mm -hmm. that's the trade. What I lack physically, I make up for in having these abilities with mentality and words and all of these other things. This is who I am naturally. You know what I mean? This is my right. gauntlet. This is my boxing right. glove. This is my sword. And I never, I'm going to use it. And I'm going to make you feel it. All right. right. That sounds like Muhammad Ali. That sounds like the greatest to me. <laughs> I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey. We got some other artists. I want to give everybody a chance. We have a caller, Philadelphia PA. Caller from Philadelphia PA. Can I send it? Can I connect with you before I go? Can, am I? Would it be all right with you if we connected? Oh, I just yes, I just um uh shared uh Kenny's information. I just inboxed it to you. I had to reach back to the show, especially to show some support to Sade, and she definitely flexed on that. I love you. Thank but you. I appreciate it. Such a renowned artist. I was like, I have to have this guy hear me. And if he never hears me again, <laughs> I'll fire a bullet, you know. Wonderful. Well, listen, you got his uh, contact info. I just in, I inboxed it to you via Messenger. And thank you even for inquiring because you knew, you knew. I, I definitely wanted you to connect. Um, you're definitely of the same order. Um, indeed. And yes, I, I do want to acknowledge the muse of literary art once more, poetry, acknowledging our ancestors, because they are they are the shoulders upon which we are standing today. Um, they paved the way for us. And we do want to acknowledge every artist on the call. I will get to each and every one of you. Thank you for your patience. But I want to acknowledge we have a caller from Philadelphia, and then we're going to Dr. Sharonda. And we're back to Kenny for him to do his wrap up. But um, caller from Philadelphia, can I, welcome. Can I, can, can, can I that's stick me. Oh yeah, that's me, Shirley J. Carter. I'm just calling oh, to welcome. support. Oh, welcome. Yes, just calling to support. And I know uh, Kenny Shirley. is a great, <laughs> great poet. I experienced his poetry, and it's awesome. 
And I just want yes. to let you know, Sage, uh, the, the people that I've heard on the call tonight, the mm-hmm. person that was just doing poetry was, was great as well. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very positive. And that was um, legendary that you just heard. Uh, yeah, legendary. The one that the freestyle. Yeah. Awesome. And that was freestyle. Leg- that was freestyle. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh-huh. He's a terrible. Please contact me on Facebook, please. Oh, yes, he will. He did have to go. He called from Buffalo, New York. But um, uh-huh. he would he was born with cerebral palsy, and um, it was assumed or it was um, declared by doctors that he would not live wow. after he was born. Wow. So he wow. is yes he is living up yeah. to that his pen artist name legendary. He's definitely yes. living up to that yes. name. And he's making well, sure, good use. Uh, um, but, yeah. but now we have Shirley on the phone. Shirley does a lot of. Uh, things in the Philadelphia area. Um, she has a lot of, I want you to tell people what you got going on. Well, yes, Shirley. Uh, and then I'm going to share a little something about Shirley with everyone. <laughs> yes. I just want to let you know that, uh, first of all, I uh, have a company called, well, what I'm doing now is called Thank You for Sharing. And um, mm-hmm. I promote artists, uh, people, poetry, music, writers. And that's why um, Sage and I uh, connected. Yeah, we yes, connected uh, because we're interested in the same types of things. And so and, when and, I'm and, on this... And, 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 I'm sorry, Shirley. As a side note, Shirley told me about a reading a year ago that I went to that Sage was at, which made uh-huh. Sage for this and the open mic that I did at the beginning of the month. So it all connects. That's right. For those of you who are listening... In the Philadelphia area, we are strong. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, it's, yes. It's a real networking. Full of I tell you. Philadelphia yes. is full of talent. Yes, indeed. Very, very much. Loaded, so. loaded, fully loaded with talent. Yes, <laughs> especially the yes, arts. Yes, especially yes, when it, it comes is. to the arts. It's a cradle. Yes. It's like a bursting place uh, for artists. I would encourage any artist that really needs the nurturing um, in, in their life needs more uh, support and cultivation of their craft as an artist, come to Philly. Come to Philly. It's a hub. It's definitely yeah, like a mecca for artists, but it's a birthing place for artists as well. Yes, indeed. But I want to yeah. share with everyone, Shirley J. Carter um, is the one who is responsible for me becoming acquainted with Kenny Walker Jr. She um, introduced us. We were both I'm a part of a celebration of the arts during uh, National Poetry Month in April, and I believe it was about two years ago, and I saw Kenny uh, perform then, and he was outstanding, and he um, and I talked. I uh, received his contact and his card, so I always remembered that from that one time of witnessing this um, phenomenal artist perform, I knew I should... I need to stay connected with them. And I just oh, always yeah. had that information. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and at the right time, we just reconnected and everything's been, it's been all high ever since then. But he is definitely uh, someone, ladies and gentlemen, if you have an artist venue, you definitely want to book Kenny. And I'm going to have Kenny share his booking information. And then we're going to go, um, after that, we're going to go to, uh, Warrior is Queens of Port Thelman, so she can get started with the free publishing tip dollar. 
So, Kenny, the mic is returning to your hand, and you can share with everyone how they can book you for upcoming events and so forth. If anyone wants to book me for an upcoming event, you can hit me on my Facebook page. I have two Facebook pages, actually. Kenny, the spoken word artist, and Kenny K.P. Walker, Jr., either one you can hit me up on. Um, my email is, I have a couple emails, but the one that I check the most is kwalker, at, I mean, I'm sorry, kwalker1120 at aol.com. That's K-W-L-K-E-R-1120 at aol.com. Yes, I have an AOL account still. That's how old school I am. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I have that. And um, please, or, you know, um, if you inbox me on my Facebook page, um, I'm not that hard to get a hold of, and I'm not that hard to persuade to get to read somewhere or anything like that because I'm unless I'm doing something, um, unless I'm working or doing something with my kids, I'm very open to doing everything. On um, matter of fact. I was supposed to read for Shirley on Saturday, but I had to turn that down because it's graduation season for my kids. And like I said, I'm a single father oh, with that's three. That's right, graduation. <laughs> right, that, it is a reason for that. With three, yeah. Look, with three teenage daughters, mm-hmm. if you look at my Facebook profile, you see that I'm bald, and there's a reason for that because I have three teenage daughters, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, wow. I mean, mm-hmm. at some point, you should have some kind of pity for me, you know. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you say that's coming next, know, right? When they look, look, when they, when they <laughs> say boys, when they say boys are easier than girls, I believe mm-hmm. it, and I, and, I, and I have a boy, so I know it's true. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. so well, yeah, I have to so, piggyback on that. My mother told me when I was young, she said, all I asked for was one daughter. My mom has three sons and me. And she said, you know what? Mm-hmm. One daughter was enough. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I can't look. I can't win. And even though I'm the dad, I know how mm-hmm. to keep my mouth shut at certain times. <laughs> and you know when it's time to go in my room and close the door and act like I'm busy doing something. And I could be sitting here watching cartoons, but I'm busy doing something because there's three teenage girls running wild in the house, and I know when I should be hiding. So, right. Hey. <laughs> but no, I love my girls to death, and I couldn't do anything if they if my girls weren't in my life. I I I don't know where I would be. I complain a lot, but I love them so much. So, and we are, me and my girls are very close. So, um, you know, it's a very good thing. Um, Sage. Yes. You know, I've been on this show for over an hour, and I know we have more mm-hmm. things. I have not, I've only shared one poem with you guys. Is it possible for me to share another? Yes, it is. And I'm going to ask Warriorist Queen Deborah Thelman, is that all right? Because she does the free publishing tips hour next. And our open mic, so uh, co-host. Where is will I will I be able to stay during the open mic or no? Yes, you can. Oh yes, okay. and you'll be able to spit. Uh, then we can have you even open up. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. You know, 
I want to share something that I don't think I shared um, uh, two weeks ago when we read together. And I want to say something, too. At your reading two weeks ago, either I read and it was a nice time, it was a great time, you know what one of the best moments of that would be for me? Let me that guess. Let cousin, me guess. When, yes, things, I was going to say that. Yeah. That my cousin came, that my cousin's wife came to see me read, and yes. that my cousin read for the first time, and he was inspired yes. by me to read, and that my cousin read. That was that was everything to me. That oh, made me wow. That my cousin got a, and my cousin got up there and read, and he did yes. he did great. He did, he did great. And, so well for and then yes. for his first time, yes. we were like, yes. wow. Yeah, and I was so blown away by that. And that alone, me reading, me reading and in, 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 in the crowd loving that was very yes. nice. But it was yeah compared to the fact that my cousin got up there and not only read not only got the guts to read one poem, but read two right. poems. But two, wow. yes. Yeah, yeah. He was the high. He was the high of that evening. And the next next day, I texted him. I'm like, cousin, Mm -hmm. and I've been kind of busy. I haven't had a chance to text him since, but I probably will text him this weekend. I'm like, cousin, would you write new? Like, like, give me something, man. Give me something. You know what I mean? Because I want to. Because you know, he's one of my younger cousins, and I want to. You know. I want to be that guy that says that, you know, I encourage them and push them on because you have to encourage not only the youth, but everyone. You have to encourage yes. everyone. That's and, right. And, you know, as an artist, if you're not encouraging other artists, mm. you're wasting your time. That's right. So I want to read this poem um, that I didn't read I yet. Uh, hello, Kenny. This is, um, yeah. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Warriors Queens of Horror. Yeah. Could you hold off your poem until I, you know, finish? You know, I would like to get started with my uh, publishing tips hour. Okay. Oh, sure. Well, sure. wait a minute, uh, Kenny. How much longer can you stay with us? I can stay for. As, I'm having a good time. So I can stay oh, okay, as as great. So we'll we'll have you do our open mic and to begin. At the beginning of the open mic uh, hour, because we'll be starting that following this, which is our free publishing tip. And I do want to say to Miss Shirley Carter, who's um, on the call, uh, thank you so much uh, for calling in. Yeah, and thank, thank you, you for supporting pleasure. Kenny tonight. Yeah. We appreciate yeah, yeah. you. Um, I, I just think it's just fantastic. The artists that you had on tonight were just awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank yes, you but I'm so going much. to sign off now, but uh, I'll be back next week. Okay, thanks again, okay. and we look forward All to right. your return then. And if I, can, if I get a chance, I'll try to call back in for the publishing tips as well. Oh, okay, excellent, because okay. we'll, we'll be on for a full hour okay. and some time. Yes, indeed. I'll try to All call right. back. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have our co-host, Warrior Queen DePora Selman. And we're going to now transition to the free publishing tips hour. Uh, This is a time in which you will be endowed. There's a lot of information that writers and scribes must know, especially if you want to take a manuscript from just being a draft 
and then for the manuscript becoming approved for publishing. We're going to find out what those steps are, what things you should do. And also for those of you who have questions, now is the time when you can ask your questions and, and receive full answers. That is the assignment of Warriors Queens of Port Thelma. She is the librarian of the Exceptional Scribble Show, and she's here to assist you. So if you have any questions regarding the publishing process, um, what, what things to do for publishing approval, what uh, books are good resource tools, uh, manuals or reference guides to refer to that can aid you in preparing to have your works, your written works published. She'll provide that and a whole lot of other resources. So now's the time for those who are tuning in, you have questions, ask your questions, receive answers. Thank you. Thank you, Sage. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. I am Warriors Queens of Fourth Elman co-hostess for the Exceptional Scribble Show, and I'm about to start my free publishing information hour. Before I begin, I want to read a distressing email that was sent to me regarding the public libraries in Philadelphia. And it's the following. Trump attacking public libraries in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, rather. And it was sent on Saturday, June 16, 2018. And it reads as the following. Listen, we are furious, capital letters. Mm-hmm. Trump renews bid to eliminate library funding. This is from Publishers Weekly. Trump is trying to destroy local libraries, so there are 20,000 signatures to stop him. Mm. Libraries connect millions of Americans to countless pieces of literature, media, and information. Protecting access to information is a cornerstone of our democracy. But now Donald Trump is trying to destroy that. He wants to gut library funding forcing many to shut down. We Mm. won't let him crush institutions that empower, inform, and inspire a more engaged public. Sign on to save our public library's funding. Mm -hmm. I've already signed, you know, my name. So continuing with the email, we've seen Trump attack public broadcasting funding, uh, public education funding. Now he's ready to shut down public libraries. Here's the hard truth. With funding, with funding slashed, our public libraries will be forced to cut back staff, resources, programs, hours, or even shut down completely. We won't accept this all-out attack on an institution that has educated Americans for generations. We hope you'll join us in the fight by signing on. The Democratic leadership Ameripac Regional Library Card, uh, State, Pennsylvania, your name here, signature, Save Public Library Funding. The website is https colon two forward slashes. This, the following is lowercase, 
go.americat, P like Peter, A as an apple, C as in cat, fund.com forward slash capital S lowercase A-V-E dash capital L lowercase I-B-R-A-R-Y dash capital F lowercase U-N-D-I-N-G. Thanks for standing up, Democratic Leadership. Mm. I want to thank you for sharing. This is the first time I heard. How many total libraries again? Is Trump threatening to close or? Um, threatening to clo- uh, close. All right, let me look at it again. And that's, of course, referring to stopping the funding for these free public yeah. libraries uh, to operate. Wow. Yes, yeah, the public libraries, you know, in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, that is. And how many total? Okay. Now, it doesn't say the total. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's my fault that I misheard. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's information because this show is responsible for the mission of promoting literacy mm-hmm. and um, an appreciation for the art. Mm-hmm. So to hear that Trump is at work to shut down or close the doors of our public free libraries, that information we need to to distribute. We need to make sure it's well um, published and widely published because people need to become aware of that. And here's one of the problems you're going to have. The current administration is doing things such as this and Uh things like the immigration, things like the immigration Uh problem we have now with separating kids and families. And when you ask that current administration, about these policies, because they're a Republican administration, eventually they're going to blame it on the the other side mm-hmm. and say, well, mm-hmm. this is something that was implemented, you know, when the Democrats were in office or, yes. you know, and this is something that was implemented. But the thing you got to remember is even when Obama was in office and it was a Democrat right. office, it was still, you know, uh, it was still uh, uh, he was he was still a, a house and a senate run by Republicans. That's true. So I mean, majority you know, ruled the, the house. The blame, That's right. Just like right now, before the immigrants, the blame is being shifted on by, mm-hmm. by the current administration. The blame is being shifted on. Well, this is what the Democrats put in, and this is what we're enforcing. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. And you have things like this. Yeah, and, and this is another thing too with the current administration. You're getting big hype about other things, and then little things like libraries are kind of under the radar, but we don't hear about it unless you hear about it on a show like this. Yeah, so, no, this is yeah. I'm glad right, I'm glad you're informing us of this because otherwise this would be under the rug when we would hear right. about. It. Yeah. And it was, I'm glad you said that, Kenny. It was yeah. under the rug until uh, Warrior's Queen of Port Thelma shared it tonight. And, again, she is our librarian. She's the researcher. And when she sees this kind of information, she is uh, one that's responsible to uh, our listeners and making sure that they receive it because we needed to know this. Thank you so much. 
You're welcome. Um, and here's I would like to make some changes in my uh, in tonight's programming. Uh, for the public informa- publishing information, I have three pieces, but mm-hmm. I want to come back to it. Right. Because I'm going to, you know, starting on the uh, continuing on, you know, from this message that I read, which is a part of the section that I do after the publishing information, which is titled yes. Anti-Trump Art Warriors Resistance. Okay. And Thank you. I was sitting. You're welcome. And so I'm going to start it with the introduction. The ancestors are mad and making hype scared. They don't know why. And That's please, the intro. Because yeah. I think some sure. people were sleeping and I was like, Nora, I'm going to make sure they heard that. <laughs> sure. Here's the, uh, the intro. This is something new that I'm doing. Intro to the anti-Trump art warriors resistance. The ancestors are mad and making tyrants scared that don't know why. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm starting. Somebody, Go ahead. Somebody may be interested in knowing um, where that information came from. So if you'd like to share with everyone where that information, the source of that information is that um, a personal uh, statement, is that something that you're saying or is that something that someone else said and can you accredit uh, the source, please? Yeah, it's my personal statement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And give a little, elaborate, give a little more Sure. Uh, detail as to why you made that statement. All right. I would say that before finding out about, you know, the public library threatening of being shut down, and then I was looking at the things that, you know, this administration is doing, that Trump is doing, and how it's just plain evil. And I don't know, something just inspired me. I felt like, you know, like fire or something. And I said, you know what, I, you know, I, I had to write down, you know, what I, the introduction. Mm. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a very strong statement mm-hmm. on a personal note. And I, 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 I affirm it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Now I'm continuing on. All right. The first section is quotations. They claim this mother of ours, the earth, for their own use and fence their neighbors away from her and deface her with their buildings and their refuse. They compel her to produce out of season, and when sterile, she is made to take medicine in order to produce again. This is from Chief Sitting Bull, a North American original founding father. Any questions or comments? Keep going. All right. The second and final quotation is, no one owns the water, no one owns the land, no one owns the oceans, no one owns the sand. They are given by our mother. The planet provides for free. Only by the hands of the greedy does the earth require of sea. And this is by an unknown indigenous nation. I'm glad you shared that. Mm-hmm. 
That's the truth. That's the truth. We need to keep that truth in our hearts because it'll guide us in the in the right course of action uh, we should be taking because um, this we share this planet. Mm-hmm. We share it, and and if a person thinks it belongs to just them. That causes a lot of friction, and it's gonna it's gonna be the basis for conflict and what you call global war. So we need to keep that in mind, uh, and especially for artists, we need to remember we share um, we share the stage even with with our audience. We're not just um, entertainers; we interact, we engage an audience, and it's important. Uh, that we know that and that we keep in mind whatever the messaging is, um, and I'm referring to, of course, uh, subliminal as well, whatever the messaging is that we put out or or our delivery is responsible for the output of, um, we are literally inducing a certain uh, psychology mm-hmm. to that audience. We're inducing them into... A, a an an influence of thought or um the power of suggestion because you become their focus when they're on that stage as an artist you become their focus so it is key that you know what kinds of things you are um promoting what is your cause all of that should be at the forefront in your mind and and of course of course uh your soul uh before you even do an act or perform a piece, or do spoken word. You promote a cause, so do it. You know, that's that should be at the forefront. What is your cause? If it's social justice reform, I commend you highly. We need more artists to keep that um, social justice reform at the forefront when they're performing their artistry because it's so much social injustice Mm-hmm. that's occurring right now. And it's not just America. I've been uh, checking out the world news here lately um, as far as discrimination and even the detainment of children. That's going mm-hmm. on, not just here. Um, it's going on in other countries of this world, too. So we we definitely have to keep in mind our children, unfortunately, are becoming prey to uh, mm-hmm. predatory be- behavior and actions and human rights violation knows no um it 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 knows no boundaries it crosses um classes rich and poor um ethnicity uh persuasions it doesn't matter whether you're black or white um the truth of the matter is human rights violators they are predators and they are actively um assaulting us, young and old, and unfortunately, our children have become prime targets to predators in this day and age. So we've got to do our part as adults and be the guardians that they need to protect their rights and make sure that we affirm that in all things that we are doing. And I just wanted to put that out there. All right. Thank you, Sage. And um, I also see a connection uh, for, which is in both the topic, tonight's topic and the focus, the topic mm-hmm. creatively speaking in a politically correct, dominated world, where do you go from here? 
and yes. focus how not to offend when, quote, speaking your truth, end quote, demands from you honesty and sincerity. And mm-hmm. I would like to say this, like, telepathic connection is that yes. while I was thinking of, you know, the anti tonight anti-Trump art warriors resistance, you know, and mm-hmm. the ideas, you know, that was what I was going to talk about, and then boom, you know, this topic and this focus comes up. Wow. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. See, we're on the same wavelength. We're all in in this. We're in sync. That's the word. Sync. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the music group out there, no. people. <laughs> in sync, <laughs> but we are in sync tonight. Yes, we are. Yeah. I'm loving that energy. Thank you. All right, so I'm moving on, and I'm going to uh, read this article, and it's for separated Mexican families and missing black and brown children or Moorish and Latino children using the cultures. Mm-hmm. All right, and so the title of this article is called, I'm Just Here to Make You Think, official site of Dane Calloway. 98% of African Americans are, in fact, Native Indians and are old millions. So I'm just going to read, you know, just the first page. The tens of millions of black Americans, or rather Indians, who, quote, disappeared, end quote, after 1492, did not all die in the, quote, unquote, Holocaust inflicted within America. Hundreds of thousands were shipped to Europe and Africa as Indian slaves. The whole slave trade story was given to all of us in reverse. A mass colony of Africans were not shipped from Africa to America. The truth is that black Indians were shipped from America to Europe. They were then shipped from Spain to Africa as commodity for African resources. These black Indians now mistaken as African-Americans, were shipped back to Af- America and classified as, quote, African, African slaves, end quote. This part of our history is what the school system failed to mention in history programs. Every mm. European nation that colonized North America utilized Indian slaves for construction, plantations, and mining on the North American continent but more frequently in their outposts in the Caribbean and the and in the metropolis of Europe. Again, the first page. Any questions or comments? None from my page the poet. But anybody else, if you have a comment, question, remark, you're invited to speak. No, I don't have a comment. I'm just listening. Oh, okay. Well, thank you All for right. your remark. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, I'm moving on. The next section is shows, and it's two. First, Saturday Night Live, the day Beyonce turned black. I saw that episode. I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> and those are some talented artists there. You'll find out if you um, research the backgrounds of a lot of the Saturday uh, Night Live uh, cast. They are versatile artists from um, actors to singers, musicians. They're not just comedic entertainers. There are a lot of things 
as for the arts. They strongly embrace the arts, indeed. Yeah, I had to laugh, though. I remember seeing the episode. I was in stitches. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm really mm-hmm. old, school, and I haven't watched Saturday Live in years. Because yes. I'm one of those guys where I still judge people I know by, not judge, but when I say cheeseburger, cheeseburger, no Coke, Pepsi, if right. you have no idea what I'm talking about, you know, I, I'm I'm looking at you with like a okay. I'm getting old because okay. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. if you remember, that's an old Saturday Night Live skit. Yes, from back when, <laughs> from back when like John Belushi yes. and Jerry yes. was Saturday Night Live. They were that's, the pioneers. Yes, yes, that was that was my Saturday Night Live era. But oh yeah. Ahead. But you know, I'm I'm glad Boyerish put that um, episode into the discussion because it was a lot of things you could say about that particular um, episode. It was an eye opener, and um, it was interesting, and it was quite um, it was funny, but it w- it also made you think concerning um, uh, when Beyonce turned like that particular episode. But it was it was funny. I, I like how they used humor to bring a strong message uh to the to the forefront because a lot of things change about artists and we um we know about how Madonna they would say every so many years she reinvents herself but what happens is as an artist you have a free spirit so yes you will morph the word is morph meaning you will change you will, you will not stay fixated into one thing if you're a true artist and Madonna is definitely one that um, champions uh, doing that. And you do feed your audience and they feed you. So, um, uh, but that particular show, it was like that. It was very engaging. It was, it was hilarious. And I'm not a faithful, like I would say, I'm not a faithful follower of today's uh, Saturday Night Live show. But on occasion, I do take a peek and I do catch um, a couple episodes just to see what they're saying because I know they use art to promote uh, mm-hmm. causes too, and I really thought a couple of episodes were were quite good that they had because they, um, in such a clever way, they was able to use a whimsical, humorous, um, mm-hmm. current event, um, a whimsical, humorous whim to promote awareness of a current social mm-hmm. issue, and I mm-hmm. like how they do that much. Yeah. But but I, I want to interject with something you said there. When we talk about artists morphing. Morphing, yes. When we talk about artists morphing, I, I don't always think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because you have artists like, um, who are not with us anymore, but you have artists like um, um, Prince and Michael right. Jackson who never really morphed but did their same thing for decades and was still able to put out quality performances, whereas you have people like Madonna who have to change with the times in order to put out something new to be relevant. And then you have yeah, artists like Prince, Right, that's it, who, to be culturally relevant been, to pop culture. himself and still put out relevant content. And then you have artists like um, who I personally do not appreciate and do not stand, and I hate to say that, but you have mm-hmm. artists like Taylor Swift, 
change in order to get that audience. Yeah, yeah. Like some some of them live, they live for the morphing. I don't think the morphing is something that should be deliberate. Like I don't think Madonna deliberately, I think she did it for sake of, if I'm going to stay culturally relevant as a pop culture icon, then I have to change. I have to start um, doing my performances in a way that I'm speaking to social change, speaking concerning social change, but I'm also saying what's happening today, you know? Yeah. But if she was like, like, like a virgin, I'm going to be honest. I loved Madonna when she made this song, Like a Virgin, because um, I thought it was her coming to age as an artist. She was coming out of the um, stereotypical Madonna and touching on, okay, this is a, a, a thing that every female goes through certain things and certain issues, and it answers to some things about not just her. It wasn't just about Madonna then. You know, she's talking about what a lot of girls, certain things they're experiencing in life and experiencing things and what it does to them. And the one Papa Don't Preach, that's the one I wanted to say, too. Um, and that whole issue, because a lot of, I had a lot of friends at that time that was going through that particular issue. Papa Don't Preach um, testified about. So if you can use your music and your lyrics to um, to be culturally relevant, but also to touch on issues that affect everyday people, even our teens and our youth, like teen pregnancy, that was becoming um, pretty uh, dominant during that time when that song came out. So a lot of, you know, radio stations was playing that song, and that really was putting her out there on the map, per se, even on the billboard uh, charts. But if you're um, an artist, I think you got to come at some point, you got to come out of your safety zone and be willing to morph. But no, I'm not suggesting that every artist should be morphing and doing it quarterly, <laughs> annually, or anything yeah. like that. But I think yeah, when, like, it comes, when, you, when, yeah, you, when it comes to your relevance, um, <laughs> if you're a pop culture icon, there's a difference. And pop culture, you're dealing with pop uh, culture, that generation, then yes, you're going to have to morph to be culturally relevant to your audience, your target audience. Now, I will say that Michael Jackson did more a couple times. I thought I will say one of the more she did that was a healthy morph was when he morphed um, and began to have, you had like slash like different rock and the metal um, artists. I think when he did Dirty Diana, that's when you saw, you heard slash and different yeah. artists that were like the metal, not, but not you know pop, what? like he was the king of pop. They were the yeah. metal uh, yeah, but, you know what, you know what, that was but what that allowed him now I'm I'm just going to finish my statement what that allowed hmm. for him to do was to kick the door of MTV open for people of color because at that time oh. MTV was not even playing videos of right. Lionel Richie and right. different artists right. um, exactly. um, also mm-hmm. but, but, you know, but you know at that time uh, you're talking the late 80s and early 90s mm-hmm. but at the time you had a lot of people morphing, and one of, I, I, I think when you talk about something like that, one of the greatest morphs and one of the greatest crossovers, because when you're morphing, you're also crossing over. That, that yes, was, that's, that's, that's the way me, I was referring to, to it. Me, to me, in history, that was ever done in music was mm-hmm. when Aerosmith and Run DMC did Walk This Way. Oh, yeah, Definitely. 
That that, mar- was, that was a marriage. That, I told somebody that, that was the first time to see hip hop. That was right. And then I watched the metal. Yeah. I know nothing about Aerosmith, but I know mm-hmm. everything about Run DMC. And then you know there there are kids that I grew up in a very suburban South Jersey town. The kids who knew mm-hmm. nothing about Run DMC knew everything about Aerosmith, and that was a that was a song that brought a lot of people together. So Michael right. Jackson morphing at that time. When he did, he was just following suit with those people because there was a lot of crossovers and a lot of things that, you know, we are the world opened a lot of doors for a lot of people because you had That's all these doors of rock and Quincy Jones. together. That's right. People, and he brought all, all those like, artists under one roof from various uh, art forms in music, all of them together under one. That was awesome. Yeah. One but, then time. Like, but then you have people like Molly Cyrus and, mm-hmm. and Taylor Swift who started off doing country-sounding songs, but now all of a sudden they're twerking and they're trying to do R&B and, and pop stuff and they're morphing in the wrong way. So that's mm-hmm. all I wanted to point Well, out. a lot of times, too, they don't have, and this is, and, and I'm saying this as an advocate of artists, not all artists have creative control of their career. Right. And we have to remember that there are a lot of artists in the industry that are a slave. And I think Prince came out one time mm-hmm. during a um, award show and he had the word slave written yeah. on the side of a stage. And people were trying to figure out, some people were offended and appalled. They didn't understand why he did that. But what he was trying to do was send out that message. And that's another thing about artists. You are a walking, talking billboard. He was trying to send out that message that when you're in the industry, at some point or another, you become controlled. By, you, you have controllers, in other words. And you have some artists today, they don't have creative control of their no. career. Their managers, their producers dictate to them, you will perform and you will stand uh, next to this uh, statue and, and do this in your video. You will put your... Um, hands up and do this sign, you will wear this shirt. And that you'd be surprised. I've heard stories from different artists that share, yes, if you do not own your rights, full right to your brand, somebody else owns you, and you will dance to the music they play. So we have to be aware of that. Now, I didn't like, the one thing I didn't like about Michael, and I have a lot of respect for him, as an artist, because he, he really knocked the walls down as far as a lot of barriers that were up for artists who were um, people of color. Yeah. But one thing I didn't like was when he became white. Now, mm-hmm. I remember Beat It. I remember uh, <laughs> Billy Jean. Michael was mm-hmm. Michael then. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I see this Michael. He's white. His nose has changed. Um, it looks like he's wearing more lip gloss than I ever wore, and I loved wearing lip gloss when I was a teen. Um, I mean, all these changes, like he was more, he morphed into somebody I didn't know, because I used to wear the, I had the button when he was on Billy, you know, did Billy Jean, and did, but after I was told after he had that accident where his uh, scalp, you know, the fire, he caught him, his hair yeah. caught him fire and everything, it did something to him psychologically too. Because um, it was, they said it was a long time before he could even look in the mirror at himself. I don't know what that experience is like. Um, uh, but he sustained a lot of 
it was worse than what we knew. It wasn't just like a surface burn. It went deep, and he did have some scarring on his face, so he did have to undergo certain plastic surgery. Some people don't know that. They thought, oh, he just wanted to have plastic surgery and change. No, he literally had burns that weren't just subject to the scalp area. It did scar some of his face. So, you know, when you consider that, um, okay, now I'm like, okay. He went through his, he had his thing, you know. Yeah, this is Warriors Queens for didn't he also have a uh, vitiligo? Now, he, right, you know, and then they that. said he had vitiligo, mm-hmm. but that was even after the burning situation because mm-hmm. Michael kind of stayed out of the limelight for a little bit after that accident happened when he was doing the Pepsi commercial and had them burned. And then vitiligo on top of that. So, hey, all right, you you start going through an obsessive-compulsive mm-hmm. disorder thing and you got an anxiety it's, it's disorder. Impulsive. So he was under meds. A lot of people don't realize he was taking medication to do it, a lot of things. The pain he was mm-hmm. suffering from um, due to the injuries he had, um, then the issues that followed that, you know. So he was he was definitely going through a lot. You're talking mm-hmm. about a guy with a very troubled life who never right, really had a right. childhood, who never had a normal childhood, and right, yeah. who sat in the forefront early in his age. So that had been something that we could never experience to deal with. Exactly. His problems, you know. I mean, there are so many different stories about who this man really was. was. And, you know, you have guys like this, like Prince, like Michael Jackson, where after they're gone, you hear these stories because you're hearing so many stories now about things that Prince does that nobody knew about that were very humanitarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he was very private with that side of his life. I hear he was like always he had a reason. Even Michael Jackson himself, who, as we know, was not the little Michael we saw. I don't know how old everybody <laughs> is, but not the Michael we saw on the Michael Jackson Variety Hour in the seventies. Right, right, yes. He's not that same guy. Yeah, and he turned his, his his facial color, and it looked like to us that he was very like he was purposely trying to make himself white. However, <laughs> right. yeah. however, the amount of money that he poured into things like the NAACP and um and mm. black organizations, right, is not known. That's not known. That's he true. poured so much money into these kind of things. Into black causes that people don't mm-hmm. know. You know what I'm saying? You're so right. It's it's kind of it's kind of weird of what we don't know about these people and what they actually went through. That's true. Yeah, That's and true. you know, I'm I want to I want to comment on like entertainers in general. And but you know, uh, Kenny was that Kenny um was just talking. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to comment. Yeah. I want to. You said about. Know the entertainers, and I had you know thought about this myself, and I have support to back it up. Is that uh, you know entertainers appreciate it when are they're treated as normal people. You know, instead of you know getting all fanatic over them and meet them and say oh, hi, how are you? I think they would really like that. And uh, Michael B. Jordan, actor, has said mm-hmm. they, he rather for he wished somebody would just come to him, say what's up, instead of you know trying to sneak a picture. 
And you said that. Oh, right. Yeah. Magazine, June. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You yeah. know what? I, I'm sorry. I want to interject just a little. Because that reminds yes. me of the story. I, 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 I was out. I had a girlfriend years ago when Phyllis Hyman was alive. And mm-hmm. she was a following singer. And she wondered if she idolized Phyllis Hyman. And we had to be on South Street. And it was a little bar that Phyllis Hyman happened to be in. And she yeah. made me go in and act like we wanted to get a cha- table. And we weren't really getting a table, and the place was closing up soon. And mm-hmm. she whispered to me, yeah, that's Phyllis Hyman. And Phyllis Hyman says, yes, it's me. And then we looked at her <laughs> and she says, come on over here and have a drink with us. So mm-hmm. we went over and had a drink with Phyllis Hyman, and she was more into the yes. fact that come hang out with me and chill Mm-hmm. And don't treat me like a celebrity, but treat me like I'm somebody you just want to have a drink with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I about me, that. Me, me yeah. being a, a total nerd and going mm-hmm. to comic book conventions a lot, you see a lot mm-hmm. of celebrities at comic book conventions. And I'll be honest with you, some of the people that I've had, com- some of the celebrities that have had conversations with going to these comic book, comic book conventions, I've had the most entertaining conversations with people you wouldn't expect to be so down to earth mm-hmm. and so like blah, 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 and talking to you. Mm-hmm. One, like, yeah. like, 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 um, um, the young lady who played Rudy Huxtable, she was at yeah. the combo convention. I had a great She's time talking to her because nobody mm-hmm. was at a table at the combo convention. The gentleman who played in Lois and Clark, Dean Kane, this guy was so nice. And so <laughs> normal talking. Mm-hmm. And see Thomas Howe when I talk to him. But then you have people who are like big celebrities that you can't get anywhere near. Yes, and yes. The biggest disappointment I had mm-hmm. was not this year, but last year I met Nicole Nichols. Mm-hmm. Nicole Nichelle. Oh, was, okay. Yeah. As, as, as you know, you know, Lieutenant O'Hora from Star Trek. Star Trek. That's and I, right. And, I, and I'm talking to her, and I'm like, you know, I'm so enthused by the story because there was a story about how Martin Luther King got her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Star Trek. He encouraged her to stay on. And she was going to. And he was a And she was very distant mm-hmm. and standoffish to me. And I'm like, I'm like in awe because I'm meeting her. But yeah. she was very distant to me. And it was like, it was a very, it was a turnoff. Compared to that same day, me meeting right. somebody like C. Thomas Howell from Red Dawn and The Outsiders mm-hmm. was very responsive and very appreciative that I was a fan and I was just talking to him like a normal guy. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that could be sometime when certain celebrities are like that, that they have a wall of defense of? Because they don't know, uh, they may think this could be a reporter trying to snatch an incognito um, no, uh, I, I, story I, I, on me what, or something. I, being, being someone who's worked around a lot of actors, mm-hmm. poets, musicians, and singers, there's right. some people who have egos okay. and some people who don't have egos. That's right. And some people That's who have right. egos, no matter what level of celebrity they're on, level mm-hmm. the egos, because I know guys who are local poets and local entertainers who have and local musicians who have these ginormous egos that they shouldn't have. Right. As opposed to someone who's a big celebrity who doesn't have an ego at all. 
Yeah. So it's all about the ego and what you think you are in this mm-hmm. world. I, and, what, and, what, it, it and what delusions of grandeur you really have. That's right. Right, and um, I met, you know, um, and it's kind of sad, remember. like you, you know, it's sad when you hear of stories like that, especially when you know that um, if they were a trailblazer as a person of color, um, being a first to a certain degree to hold a certain type of a role, um, and you would expect more. I think sometimes our expectations are high yeah. for. Yeah, and it's like a letdown. Yeah. You know, I, I want to uh, share, you know, that there's an episode on Sabrina the Demon, mm-hmm. which was funny, where Sabrina's enemy, I don't remember her name, but anyway, there was this rock band that she had hung out with. She was disappointed. They was eating popcorn and watching cartoons. She said, this is what she thought about. This is what you do in your spare time. And so she looked out the window. She was disgusted. Looked out the window and saw Sabrina flying on her vacuum cleaner and said, maybe I really do need to get my eyes checked. Mm. Mm. But it's, I, I want to say, like, with the connection now, from my experience, I've met um, Jennifer Lewis at the mm-hmm. African American Museum in November, and then at the Odunde Festival, I met Bernadette Sanders, Selma, from Good Times. Right. She had her books out. Yeah. I, took a, I took her picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I've had the opportunity I've met with different people. I've heard story. I heard stories about Hillary Clinton, but when I met her in person and had the privilege of interviewing her, the things that people said about her, I was expecting to have that experience, but I didn't. So when I went back to my friends and different people that told me certain things about her, I said, well, I did a two-week cover story for the Philadelphia Sunday Sun, an exclusive interview on Hillary. And I said, I was expecting certain things. Some of you said some things about her, but I have to tell you, the things that I gathered from her were quite different. So, you know, everyone's approach is different. We're not all alike. Um, A lot of things go into experiences that one has with others. But I couldn't testify what they testified. My experience was different. I just let them know. I said, you know, I understand that these are things that some of you told me. So I came into my experience of meeting with her and talking with her with certain expectations from listening to you. But what I got was different, <laughs> you know. If you had a positive experience with these people had a negative experience, that's also a testament to you because – People respond to other people, um, you know, based on how they they are approached. Mm-hmm. And I'm a vibe person, so if I don't get a positive vibe from you from the door, yeah. and I have, a, I, have a, I have one of my closest friends who tells me, you know, Kenny, you're the only person I know that can walk in a room and in ten twenty seconds, you know who you're not going to like, and you know you're going to like, you're not going to like because I get vibes from people. Nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, vibes are right. Um, some people are like that, and if you approach this person in a different way, with these people might approach the negative way, then you might get a different response. That's true. And if you're yeah, like, yeah, that, it's like, yeah, I understand. This is the Warriors Queen before. It's like Will Smith has sent the reporter for trying to kiss her. Exactly. And for some reason, and I have no idea why. 
but I'm one of the people that people feel like they can talk to. And mm-hmm. I tend to get responses from people that, you know, other people say, oh, man, that person is a jerk. Well, I talked to them. I didn't have a problem. Right, right, exactly. exactly. It's the way you approach people sometimes. So, mm-hmm. And even uh, yeah. celebrities are humans just like us. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, people are, and people in the spotlight are humans just like us. And sometimes mm-hmm. I remember I remember when I worked in, my way through college and retail, um, I worked in a leather store, and Reggie White, the late Reggie White mm-hmm. came in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, his wife was shopping and just picking things out, and, and the salesperson was helping her. Reggie White was sitting in the chair, and me and him was having a conversation. It was like regular dudes. Regular mm-hmm. dudes just having a conversation. And uh, he, he was a gentle giant. And all these kids around him, and he's like, look, I'm with my family. Give me a minute, and yada, yada, yada. And when he left, mm-hmm. everybody was to me like, did you get an autograph? Did you get a picture? Did you get an autograph? And yada, yada, yada. I was like, no, because he just wanted to be a regular guy and just talk. Yeah. 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 We did. You know, I, yeah, I want this is Warriors, Queens, and Forest. I love it. And Thanks I want to add. Sharing. Thanks for sharing, Kenny. Yes, and I want to add to what Kenny has said about, you know, regular person. Um, that is uh, entertainers as a therapy. You know, being uh-huh. treated normally, yes. That's right. Treat me like I'm a human. <laughs> I'm not a demigod. I'm not a, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess uh, my uh, Saturday night love of the day. But I must say I'm like, royal. We are royal blood. Yeah. We're, if you have mm-hmm. indigenous roots, you are royal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I do don, wait a minute, I do don the title queen on some occasions. <laughs> I love saying it. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, look, why not? Why not appreciate and celebrate? I think if you don't appreciate and celebrate who you are, how can I appreciate and celebrate who others are? You know, it starts with loving yourself. It really does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is Warriors Queen for... I wasn't expecting, you know, on a Saturday night live the day Beyonce turned black to expand, but it did. <laughs> See, stop. You're doing that intentionally to make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that, that episode, that had me, like, that got my funny bone. I couldn't believe it. I was like, they are too, they really over the top. Yeah, what's this? <laughs> yeah, especially when a woman threw herself against the glass like a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. All right. The second show is Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Water Demons episode. It was found at Daily Motion. And I dedicated it to survivors and targets of police brutality like Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Tamir Wright. Mm. Wow. Yeah, we do want to acknowledge the, the fallen, uh, those who lost their lives um, uh, to discrimination, uh, hate crimes, whatever you want to call it. But uh, we have many who did fall victim to such, and we want to acknowledge them even at this time. And uh, may they 
uh, rest in peace and rest in power is our plea. All right, and moving on. All right, this is a new section called Translation, and it's only one. And it's about safe site injection sites are a gentrification method. Oh, remember we did it. We had the show on uh, yeah. safe injection sites, and we had yeah. Ms. Uh, Rhonda uh, give some cipher on who uh, has. <clears throat> a show which broadcast on Philly Cam uh, and their particular show had a topic which was safe injection sites in Philadelphia and we heard the pros and the cons by the expert panel he had on there and I tell you it was mind blowing it was eye opening because there was there's a lot to consider um, safe injection sites in Amsterdam Amsterdam and some other parts of the world have proven to help to clean the street and to control and monitor the situation and to bring about a resolve. But um, a lot of people have a lot of uh, fears and it's, it's been taboo on the East Coast and especially in North um, America. Um, so, yeah, it remains to be seen, but it's coming soon to Philadelphia. I'll say that much. We do know it's in the works and um, it's not a government funding. Um, it's it's a uh, non-profit organization that's responsible for launching this. And um, I think with anything, you give it a trial period. Uh, but this is something that will change uh, neighborhoods um, that are that are stricken with the crime of um, a lot of opi- uh, opioid overdose induced death um so yeah because then i believe that's the goal to prevent or to minimize uh the number of opioid induced opioid overdose induced death mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. all right all right i'm going to move on and the yeah. final section is pictures and this one is an indigenous picture, which is called Calling on Spirits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a part and, of the show when we, mm-hmm. we get real aboriginal people. So don't mm-hmm. get afraid and, and run from the radio because you think <laughs> we're about to send out some mojo <laughs> into the sound waves. You know, people get nervous. You start saying certain keywords, <laughs> they, they just get scared. <laughs> we don't want nobody getting scared. It's, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to, at the end of the anti-Trump art word is resistance. And I just had to get it out of the way first, you know, because I found it to be very important. And I, you know, was like, couldn't like hold it in you know, for so long. Mm-hmm. Get the ideas that I was looking at, was putting together and all what I, the resources I was pulling from. So I said, well, you know what, I want to, you know, let it out. So I'm going to come back to the publishing information. Okay. And I have two pieces of uh, you know, information for it. Now, the third one is an article. One of them, or rather, one of them is an article, but I'm going to read it. 
for the next um, episode. The time is going on is 10:42. So uh, the two, uh, let's see, the second and the third pieces are short, and they are the following. The second, number two, print off email business statement. And number three, watch Omar Tyree's The Equation for Life, in which he talks about art being a business. Any questions or comments? Yes, I do have a comment. Uh, could you please restate the information given? Because I heard it, but it sounded like with the um, microphone, it kind of faded you out at points. I want to make sure everybody right. heard everything you said. Thank you. Sure. Number two, print off email business statement. And I'm going to further explain is under the publishing information is that the information that you're sent, you know, regarding your royalties, et cetera, you know, you, if you're emailed them, they email, if they are emailed to you, then you print them off. Mm. Yeah, so then you can have your own hard copy. Okay. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is, I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little baffled by this. So what you're mm-hmm. saying, I'm not baffled, but I'm just trying to understand and get a clear understanding. Print off your email statements. Yes. Yes, you print them off so that you can have your hard copy for yourself because. Even though things are going digital, and it's most likely they're going to be, or we're just going to be sending you emails and not, you know, post mail anymore. You know, save money, etc. But even if they do both, you know, one or the other, you'll regardless if they do both or decide to just only do go paperless, then you'll have, you know, the hard copy by printing it. Okay. Hmm. All right, and number three, watch Omar Tyree's The Equation for Life, in which he talks about art being a business. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what was that last part again? Art being business? Yes. Okay. Now, all righty. I, I wait, wait a minute. I, I, uh, this is Sage the Poet, for those that are listening. Um, Warrior Rich Queens of Port Thelma, did you say art is business? Was that the statement? Yes. Made? Okay. Yes, art is Can you business. further elaborate for some that are tuning in? That may seem a little more of a general, um, from a general base. And can you make it a little more specific as to giving um, details, examples, or maybe even an analogy as to the meaning? Thank you. We want to modify right, you know, the meaning for our listeners. Thanks. Sure. So what I'm doing now is that I'm going, I'm typing in, you know, what Omar Tyree has said on the equation for life. Okay. Yes. So uh, let me see. That's what it's called, the Omar Tyree. So I can uh, give an idea. 
And you can also now share who about Omar Tari, because some tuning in, maybe they're not acquainted with him because I believe it's a certain genre of writing that he has published. Yeah. And some, you know, some may not have read that. That may not be the genre that they read, so they may not know who Omar Tari is. So if you can share that. All right, sure. Right, I'm going to read his biography. Mm-hmm. Omar Rashad Tari, this is from Wikipedia. I'll start off from Wikipedia. Omar Rashad Tari, born April 15, 1969, is an African-American novelist. Biography. Tari, also known as Briggs, was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, United States, and graduated from Central High School in 1987 after which he enrolled at the University of Pittsburgh, where he studied to become a pharmacist like his mother. Tyree transferred to Howard University in 1989. In 1991, during his senior year, Tyree became the first student in Howard University's history to have a featured column published in The Hilltop, its award-winning campus newspaper. Tyree's column was titled, Food for Sparks. In 1991, Tyree received a degree in print journalism from Howard University. Shortly thereafter, he worked as a reporter and an assistant editor at the Capitol Spotlight, a weekly newspaper in Washington, D.C. Later, he was hired as the chief reporter for News Dimensions, another black-owned weekly newspaper. Pardon me. I'm back. In 2003, Tyree released a hip-hop album titled Rising Up. Today, Tyree is New York Times best-selling author, a 2001 NAACP Image Award recipient for Outstanding Literature and Fiction, and a 2006 Phyllis Wheatley Literary Award winner for Body of Work and Fiction, and has published 16 books and have sold nearly 2 million copies worldwide. He also mm. has a little cousin that has been writing books ever since she was little. She is now 14 years old and lives in Columbia, South Carolina. Tyree is a popular speaker on the university and corporate circuits. In his Equation for Life lecture, Tyree weaves together a foolproof formula for attaining lifelong success in business and everyday living. Ideal for a corporate sales marketing team, one attendee who heard the lecture commented, Tyree's Equation for Life speech made me rethink my whole life. It has given me the focus I need. Best of the speeches over the last eight years landed Tyree's first nonfiction book deal with John Wiley, the world's number one business publisher. The equation applying the four in the, the four, number four, Indisputable Components of Success is being released in January 2009. All right, and that's all I'm going to stop there for his biography. And then the rest of the video the, uh, the audience can look at. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for sharing. And I appreciate you sharing that because Omar Tari, and yes, he is a Philadelphian people. He um, attended schools in the city of Philadelphia. Um, and again, another great artist, uh, Philly born and bred. Yes, indeed. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I'm going to sign off for tonight. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You have any assigned readings, suggested readings, or any yes. homework yeah, for us? Right. No homework this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll give a break, and then when I find, you know, come uh, be prepared for next episode because I may or may not give a suggested reading. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And thank you for what you did uh, read and share tonight. It was um, definitely relevant. It was um, significant, and it was true enlightenment as well. I'm sure a lot of us have some things that we learned from the facts that you distributed and shared. And we look forward to you returning next week. And again, being lead facilitator of the Free Publishing Fifth Hour. Thank you so much, co-host, Warrioress Queen Zipporah Thelma. All right, thank you, Sage the Poet. And everyone, good night. Good night, good night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have some poetry before we sign off. We still have with us um, the feature artist for tonight's show, which is episode 220 of the Exceptional Show Show. And the name is Kenny Walker Jr. And we also have Donaldson. He's our third will, um, a strong supporting host on the panel of the Exceptional Civil Show. And all the way from the Bay of San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco, California. Um, We appreciate him for always uh, rendering um, compelling, thought-provoking statements and uh, fact-based evidence on the show's platform. So we're going to have some poetry spit right now. Uh, Donaldson, if um, you would like to spit some poetry or some a mixture of poetry and music, you're free to do so. But we're going to um, allow for Kenny Walker Jr. to open up and to uh, spit some poetry first, and then we'll hear from Donaldson, and then Sage the Poet. That's my signature. I'll wrap it up. Thank you. Um, I'm going to do a piece that I've only probably performed once in public, but it's as yet untitled. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, um, well, you tell me what you think. Uh-huh. I grew up in hip-hop, like Reservoirs from Raindrop, to the beat you don't stop. Flavor flames and big clocks, Curtis Blow and Crush Blues, B-Boys break and let's boogaloo. Young boys catch that shit on YouTube, but we live that we live those days to get through. If Ag B was really president, self-destruction, not intent. That's East Coast, West Coast. Coexistence, drop the beat, hammer the mic in an instant. Big old planets, cool like that. Heavy B with coffee black. <laughs> Some things you can't get back. Tupac and Biggie, ahead of the game. Scorpio, show no shame. Jump around like House of Pain. You can't get this. You can get with this, or you can get with that, but stay in your lane. Music yeah. holding, music, music holding. Who I be, how I see. Music reaching, music teaching. Sang souls free just to be me. I was raised on R and B. Back in the dad, back in my dad's cab car was where, where you find me. Or our home 
with vinyl or CD, 45, 12-inch, or 32 LP. Traveling from the crib to Motown, Temptation and Supreme Sounds, on my good foot like James Brown, Junkie Boogie, get down, get down. Yeah, that's me in the back of the 1975 Green Impala, Marvin Gaye, make me want to holler. On Gladys Knight's Midnight Train, uh, I'm mm. sorry, on Gladys Midnight Train to Georgia, Mommy singing along with Aretha as we live in the city like Stevie Wonder and Michael Moonwalking and Thriller. No, 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 nobody, nobody, Riffa like Luther. And Cisco Kid was a little body. I got up on the down stroke with Chocolate City, dance with somebody like Whitney in Purple Rain with Dirty Minds and Controversy all over all night long like Lionel Richie. Music molding, music holding, who I be, how I see. Music reaching, music teaching, setting me free just to be me. Mm, I love that. Now, I got to see you perform that in person. <laughs> I love that piece right there. I love I got, it. You know what? You know what? That's really, a must that's be. Second, yeah, that's in the second time. That's the second time I've ever read it to somebody, so I had to find oh, a voice okay. for it. So I had to find the voice for it, so I figured I'd practice it on you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand, too, because, you know, we had you on. You're one of the few um, feature artists that we've had that stayed on, like, for over the two-hour, you know, uh, limit. And usually it's just an hour. It's just really the exclusive interview hour. And you invited your – you invite – invited me to invite you to stay longer. You enjoyed. And I said, now, I love that. I I just love who you are in general, the the soul of who you are. So I want to say to you, continue to be as you are. And I love how you ended that piece on that note pretty much. And um, can you say that that ending, uh, those ending lines again of that piece? Music molding, music molding, music holding, who I be, how I see. Music reaching, music teaching, setting souls free just to be me. Mm, I love it. I love it. Classic and epic. I love it. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you perform that piece live at one of our Spit Your Truth nights. <laughs> yeah, that that's powerful. I love how you salute all... Styles. I mean, you, you got, you naming, oh my goodness, the, the R&B legend. I heard Luther Vandross mention. I heard um, Heavy D as far as our hip hop culture goes. I heard that legend um, name mentioned. So many you mentioned. Stevie Wonder, we know he's still with us. Um, one of the icons uh, still yet with us. That's a legend. You mentioned so many and different yeah. songs we can relate to that that are still yeah. hit in our. Yeah, our, I mentioned that class, yeah. that classic hip hop stuff. Like, you know, you can get with this and you can get with that, but stay in your lane. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. Really know, people know what I'm talking about. You know, you know, mm-hmm. self destruction was self evident. Right. You know, people and remember yeah. that self destruction song that was big at the time. You know, oh, and this, yeah, how about that? You know, and you just kind of, and that just poured out of me. Like I said, my 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 spoken word pours out of me. Mm-hmm. Like 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 it's like me having a kid. It's like me. Mm-hmm. It's like a man giving birth. I don't just write them just to write them. They have to come yeah. to me. 
you know, like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I love it. And well, he was so soulful with too, it, you know. Also, too, I appreciate you letting me stay, and I'm having this mm-hmm. fun, and, and I'm waiting to listen to other people. So I'm not yes. going to talk to you, but I appreciate you letting me stay because um, when you asked me to do this, yes. I, I portioned off my whole night. Oh, wow. That's, that's, you are that, stellar. I don't, like, look, <laughs> there, there's, there's a very prominent reading that goes place in Philadelphia um, that is very good. It's a two-hour reading. It's mm-hmm. open mic, and it's very good reading, and I don't mind saying it on your show. It's called Voices of Power, and it's Voices a very good power. reading that. That, that happens every month. And mm-hmm. um you got they, they only let twenty five people read and everybody's mm-hmm. trying to get read and I was at a reading one time on that where there was two poets who wanted to read, one who got on the list and one who didn't get oh, on the okay. list. The young guy, the young poet real quick, the one poet who got on the list mm-hmm. was an awesome poet. Awesome. Mm-hmm. He did not get on the list because he was not in time to be one of the twenty five poets. And it was another poet who got on the list who was one of the twenty five poets. And he's awesome also. But this guy had a little bit of an ego by himself. He read, and mm. before they did the intermission break, he left and didn't listen to anybody else after he read. Ah. And wow. he was good, though. And, and, and he posted on Facebook, oh, yeah, thanks for having me at this reading. But he left on intermission. Now, the one guy mm-hmm. who didn't get to read, who is better, who I think, is better than me and the guy, any other guy who got to, because I got to read, who's better than me and the other guy who got to read, he uh-huh. stayed and cheered everybody on, even though he didn't get a chance to read. He stayed the whole night and cheered everybody on. Uh-huh. That whole night. Clapped for everybody. Was there to the end of the night, cheer for everybody. Uh-huh. That is the guy I admire. Even yeah. though he didn't get to read, and I've no. And I know his talent because I've heard him read, but mm-hmm. that is the guy I like because he supported everybody there even though he didn't get to read. Mm. I love that. I love <laughs> that. And he stayed the whole night. So I'm with That's you the right. whole night. Let's, let's do Let's Artists get somebody else. Let's mm-hmm. We got to spread that love as, or as the artist community. Mm-hmm. And sometimes artists are often, um, I would say, we're used a lot, but not often as often celebrated and appreciated as yes. we are yes. used and, and, and on demand. And course, you do have guys with egos. Mm-hmm. And, and, and me, somebody who's worked with actors and musicians, mm-hmm. you have people with egos. Right. And when you see that, you feel like it's an ugly thing and you have to be able to control that in yourself and you have to be mm-hmm. able to look at other people and say, look, so I'm going to shut up so we can call somebody else. <laughs> yes. We can call somebody well, else tonight so I can hear somebody else. Yes, we have Donaldson. Donaldson. Welcome, Donaldson. If you're yeah. able to spit a piece, you're welcome to do so. Is he there? Did I talk so much? No, there might be a little technical difficulty there. Uh, Donaldson, let me close that mic and reopen it. Maybe that'll signal. 
Welcome, Donaldson. Uh, this is Sage, the poet. Just wanted to know if you wanted to spit a piece or not, or if possibly you want to do a live uh, freestyle while we're on the air. So jump in. I'm inviting you to do so. Okay. So he's probably not able, because um, I know sometimes he's in the middle of doing a performance. He does perform very often in the San Francisco Bay area. Um, if he's on a stage, then his mic is still open, but it's on mute. Um, so when he returns, if he would like to spit, we'll have him spit something. I'm going to spit a piece that's entitled Troubled Waters. This is more of what I classify as a narrative poem, and it is an original by Sage the Poet. Now, I use that, which is my signature, whenever I'm doing audio broadcast, so people can um, have something to reference me with. So if I'm a guest on another radio show and they hear that, they're like, oh, yeah, that's Sage. <laughs> and because Sage um, is a poet, but Sage is my artist pen name, that's why I do that. So I'm hoping that everyone that's hearing it, they realize that, yes, that is a cue. That is a code, okay? And that's what I use. That's a vibration coming from the show host. What I use whenever I'm on a broadcast, even when I'm on a broadcast, that's hosted by another host, I do that. So people can reference that as, oh, I know who you are. That's my brand. Okay. So this piece is entitled Troubled Waters. It's an original piece, again, by Sage the Poet, me. Singing the blues when the sky has turned black is the ultimate confession. You are not lying, simply test. Defying. How long will we continue to pray and kill? The Constitution has become a blur. Our dining rooms are slaughterhouses. We lament because we murder our advocates, i.e., the offspring we bring into this world. We need to reimburse the elders. Open their eyes. Uplift them and honor their sacrifices. We must restore unto the needy the will to survive. Holding up both hands as your rights are being read is a perfect submission, although it doesn't guarantee your safety. Trigger happy policing is still the perfect crime. Removing the cloak of deceit has its advantages. Trials will end. Divine revelation begins. Trouble waters are the scorn we have conjured up. The angels weep as we sleep because harmony is unknown in this zone. We have prostituted our minds for a lime light that will never fully satisfy. Our focus has become distorted. We are akin to Delilah. We seduce our men and women to induce them into slavery. 
our attractions are fatal. Trouble waters are the yokes, the incurable wound that defiles us, causing us to become disproportionate, unsettled, and befuddled. A wicked work is evident, but our eyes are closed to it. We sleep in a bed that has no bottom. We descend further and further into hell. With every vain imagination, we succumb to our dream is a lying vanity. Trouble waters are our uncertain path. The choices we make void of discretion. The voices we are attentive to that give us no sound judgment. Trouble waters don't carry us home. They drive us away. They take us into the depth of life's ocean where the sharks reside. They sicken our hearts and drown us within the deep. Trouble waters assault us. They give us a fatal shot unto death. Trouble waters supplant us and harvest our souls, making us pray to the elite. As the moon rises in its full phase, the pool is greater and the tide rises higher. In the crimson tide, adversity abides, but the moon's light veils the oppression, making the beauty of the night the only glory revealed. Winds abate and the darkness fades. Seemingly the storms are all overpassed. Yet and still we shrill in agony as the claws of the night creatures ravish us like a ravenous wolf. We submit to imprisonment only to witness the dawning of a new day. We have no hint of freedom Though we exist in the midst, it's all a hotbed of lies. We wrestle in the night. We fight. The lords of the princes of the tides avow to stop our ascent. We hide away until their threat is absent. Troubled waters are incumbent ordinances. They have a cause and an effect. Without such, we will vanish into thin air and never understand why universal laws are unchanging. We disintegrate when we deny ourselves the opportunity to grow in spirit. We evolve when we honor our elders and follow after peace. Troubled waters evoke discernment. We learn from them. They are things we reflect upon. Life lessons. Troubled waters are the rude awakenings, the personal encounters that remedy us from within a solution and not the problem. And not the problem. We can breathe if we raise our thinking to a higher level above that of the world system. We can breathe again when we de-escalate the swelling of the troubled 
Waters. End of piece. Nice. Very nice. Thank you. And I, I just like want to say that's my I like, first. I like the positive message of that. Mm. I appreciate your your comments. First time for me spitting that piece on the air, let alone publicly. I kind of wrote that down to be just a page poem, meaning it is a poem that will be bound in a book. I do have a, a, a book of poems that are short poetic stories, actually. So that's going to be in that book, which will be entitled Urban Heights. And that is one that will be released sometime this year. I'm not going to give away the date, but I will say it's coming soon. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, Kenny, I guess let me check and see if uh, Donaldson is available. If he's available to spit a poem, we'll hear from him. Donaldson, are you available to spit a poem? Okay, that means he's not able to. So, uh, Kenny, would you like to do one last poem? And then we're going to wrap up tonight's show. And, of course, we'll be back next Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We're going to hear one more piece from Kenny. Or if you just have... Maybe a a motto or mantra that you would like to share. As long as it's something inspirational, it is welcome at this point because we always like to close out with a positive affirmation, and then we'll get ready and sign off for tonight. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's let's do a piece that I've done before. Okay. I know... um, A lot of I have a few poets in the area and open certain open mics that I do that they kind of love, not love, but they like when I do this poem. And I yeah. did it at, at the reading, uh, um, spit your truth reading that we had last time, and this mm-hmm. is called Gun. Oh yes, yes. I oh please do that piece. That's a good closer too. Thank you so much. Settlers moved out the red man because they had guns. Got them drunk and took their land because they had guns. Custer brought at the Alamo because the other side had guns. And they captured old Geronimo because he gave up his guns. They assassinated MLK and JFK because assassins got guns. And they got Malcolm X the same way because government assassins, I mean, assassins got guns. Nazis put the Jews in concentration camps and let them there with guns. ISIS terrorists to amp because they're coming at us with guns. Black on black crime because, hey, we got guns. Young brothers doing time doing stupid things with guns. Now, she shot him for abuse because she had a gun. And he shot her for being loose because he had a gun. And they're going around shooting them at schools because crazy people got guns. And giving up guns for any of fools because it's so easy to get a gun. Mm-hmm. The brothers is getting shot by police because police got guns. Mm-hmm. Know your rights, sir. Hold your hands up in peace or be a casualty of a gun. 
Now, Zimmerman shot that Martin kid because he had a gun. Now he sold that kid. Now he sold that sold it for a high bid, and now it's a trophy gun. Mm. The is buying politicians to make sure everybody got a gun. Get your assault mm-hmm. rifle and ammunition so you can use that gun. Now, Ronnie mm. Reagan signed them all for that because Black Panthers weren't supposed to have guns. Government mm. favors and twisted facts, but don't take away their guns. Kids dying from gun violence because daddy thought he hit his gun. Child prematurely silenced. Daddy really thought he hit his gun. Rush hour road rage going bad because you driving with a gun. Don't hold that thing while you mad because you'll regret killing with a gun. See, I showed up empty-handed and ran because everybody else had a gun. Put your hand, put your dukes up and sell this like a man and put down your gun. They'll pry that thing from your cold, dead hand because somebody mm. else is going to have a gun. Live another day and take a stand without mm-hmm. a gun. Uh, I tell you. That's the, the message that needs to get published and be widely, broadly heard and announced because we got to do something about these guns. We have a gun issue here in America as for crime. Um, The gun balance is higher. That's very prominent in what happened to that um, rapper Mm -hmm. who died uh, yesterday. Okay. Oh, I just, yes, yes. I'm glad you put that out, too. It was a a gun violence. But there's a lot of things involved. Because this is a guy who, with his rap style, was all about that life. And even though people say that he tried to change his ways, you've already implemented that style of lifestyle. So, yeah, I mean, you know, things are going to happen. And then, mm-hmm. you know, there's a guy also who people are looking up to, but, he, you know, he's also on trial for abusing women. And, you know, mm-hmm. to me, there's no excuse for that. So, yeah, you can say later, you know, he changed his life, but, and, and everybody gets a tone for their mistakes, but this guy was gunned down by a gun because when he first came on the scene, he advocated that type of life. Yes. You know? That's so. true. Well, I tell you, I'm glad you brought that up after reading your piece because, yes, we we need our um, communities to become gun balance, balance free. And in order for that to happen, we've got to send out these messages and testimonials about the reason for gun violence to end in our community, how we can be a part of making that happen. Because initially there is action. Yes, we need to be proactive. There's action that each and every one of us can take, especially if you are a registered voter, especially if you are an able-bodied citizen. 
There are things you can do on a grassroots level, things you can start even, advocacy, um, team support groups. You can start Mm -hmm. in your communities, um, even um, within your your children's uh, school community environment, Uh, things you can partner with parents, partner in doing with schools to help to promote um, the need for ending gun violence and for uh, protecting us. We need safer gun laws. We need uh, gun safety even to be incorporated back into a lot of the platforms that are public platforms, the teachings on gun safety. We need to educate the community on how, um, yes, there are things you can do in your home because we know a lot of people own guns, but things you can do to make your home child safety proof when it comes to guns where your children don't fall victim to gun violence because a gun was not properly contained in the home or it wasn't locked. Because you have some children, they know how to climb. They know how to get ladders. They they know how to use keys. They know where you put the keys because you do it in front of them. They know where the key is to unlock the box. So we need to think, okay, as as guardians, as parents, as adults, we're supposed to create a safe environment for children. Um, public welfare safety demands that from us, but we're supposed to be advocates for child safety 24-7. So parents, some of us who dropped the ball, we got to get back on course with that. It is our responsibility. We can't be looking to the government alone uh, to do uh, legislation um, to promote uh, better gun safety laws. We've got to do our part in-house because some of this gun violence you hear about on the new style, two-year-old found a gun and accidentally shot themselves or shot another, shot a civil we can prevent that. That's something we can control. That's in your house, on your watch. Okay, parents and guardians mm. and older siblings even, that's something we can do. Um, report things. You're in the schoolyard, teenagers, you see a gun on the street, you call that in, you report that. Report it to an adult. Don't touch it. We're so, sometimes we forget about, you're, you touch it. If that gun's associated with a crime, your prints are on it. You can become detained in the detention center because you touched the gun, your prints are on it, and there was a crime associated with it. So, young people, let's get smart. We all need to do our part. It takes a village. We want to see safer communities for our youth and our elderly and each other. Well, there's some things we can do better. We've got to put safeguards in place. I believe Donaldson, are you with us now? Are you back with us? I am, and I'm all yeah. pissed off right now. I'm sorry? I'm a little angry. I'm upset at some stuff. I believe we all should have the right to be angry. People, people need to realize unity of consciousness, right consciousness, means being one with yourself first. You can't have unity consciousness if you haven't identified all of the parts of yourself as being intrinsic to who you are. That means everything that comes up for you, anxiety, happiness, joy, 
anger, frustration, any, you get what I'm saying? Any type of like alternative viewpoint, whether you want to consider it to be an argument or not, everything right. that comes up for you is part of who you are. It's, it's, not, it's not who you are necessarily, but it's what you are. You are literally those emotions and you are those thoughts because it takes your, you know, your body to do that. So now I'm going to ask you because we have, yeah. we still have the feature artist on. Is yeah. there anything you would like to say in direct to Kenny Walker Jr., uh, who was the feature artist for tonight? Because yeah. we're getting ready to wrap What's up tonight's her, program. Well, let me ask you a question. I mean, like she's the featured artist, right? But what's her objective? Oh, no, your, Kenny, your, Kenny Walker let Jr. Ask, let, me, let me ask Kenny Walker, the gentleman. What is his – I thought you said Kelly. Kenny, okay, what is your objective, Brother Man? I, I know Kenny. The man has good vibes. Is he from – does he know TC Islam? Does he, is he familiar with Zulu Nation? Is he from the East Coast? And, and what is your objective? So that's – Three questions, no, four questions. Uh, my, my, my objective? Um, wow, that, that's a very good question. Um, my objective, um, my spoken word, is to um, spread as much knowledge as I can. Uh, my objective is to keep myself woke as much as keep people around me woke. And I'm not, and, and, and let me tell you something, I'm not always correct. I'm not always right because I am human and I can be wrong. So um, there are some things that I might seem to be looking about. There are some things that, you know, you might think that I'm hypocritical about. But ultimately, my objective is to educate not only other people, but myself. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much my objective when I... Um, by coming on the call that's tonight. That's pretty much that's, my objective when I do things. Um, well, by, coming, by coming on the call tonight is really what I was talking about. Because everyone has their own objectives as far as human beings are concerned. You have your own objective for what you want to do in your life. But when you're coming on the call, like her her show is about writing writing, you know stuff. Oh wait a minute. Let me, she, let me finish, please. And that no, she it's also not. It's in not that I'm not going to let you finish. Are you aware he's the feature artist that was yeah, in the yeah, spotlight? Yeah, yeah. I'm asking him. So uh, can I? Oh, okay. Because I heard you say your purpose for call, coming on the call. So I was just making sure that you were clear on who he was. Yeah. Okay. He's a featured artist, yeah. Great. I want to I want to drill him with questions, and I'm also going to pick his brain real quick, if that's okay with you, uh, Duchess. Stage is fine. Stage is fine. Go ahead. Let him finish. Go ahead. All I'm saying is this, brother, man. I like what you had to say so far, and you sound like you got a good spirit, your good consciousness. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're in the right place of thinking, right frame of mind. So much so, it leads me to believe you'd probably be reasonable even in your personal life. You see, you probably even probably would like be like more, like, a lot like me where when you're trying to convey your business message and you have an underlying objective, you stick to the point. So 
And then even in your personal life, you allow other people to be who they are, express themselves thoroughly, and even give them opportunity to speak and be heard, regardless of whether or not they're accusing, pointing fingers, or doing whatever, you know. It has nothing to do with your objective on this call, you know. So, I like, we don't need to mix personal with, with, with business, you know. And this is a business, right, call in, this, in some ways, even though we're dabbling in some things that actually kind of veer off into the direction of how people operate in their personal lives, right? But, like, for you, I, I feel good vibes, honestly. This, all I feel from you is literally, like, good intentions. I feel like well, you, you yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I guess that's why I was asking you, what's your objective? Like, what's your goal? Like, by coming on the call, you're sharing information. But what's, if you had one thing to say that you want people to part with and, and remember, what would that be? I'm going to tell you something I learned. I'm going to have to mute mics if I keep hearing background noise, too, because we need to ensure the sound quality is with it's, you know you just interrupted him answering, right? Audience. But you Excuse just interrupted me. him answering. Excuse but, but, me. Don't, don't. As a show host, I have to ensure that the sound... No, you, you should just let the flow go. No, just stop talking. It's right good now. for our listener, our listening don't, audience. Donaldson, yes. you, you, you have some background noises that, that, are, that, are, that are, might interfere with I'm, what you're saying. I'm in my living room. Otherwise, There's no noise behind me. Let me ask you a question. Um, mm-hmm. um, one of the things I've learned in life, and this is from my father, who I love very much, however, did not always believe in my art as a spoken word artist. And mm-hmm. sometimes as fathers can be, and I'm sure my kids know I can be, fathers can be sometimes judgmental because they go by the phrase, I've been where you have to go. But what I've learned through life and what I've, one thing I want to leave with is you have to accept people. You have to accept people for who and what they are. Whether you agree or disagree, you have to accept them for who and what they are. And once you accept people for who and what they are, regardless, your life will be much easier. Unmute me. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, first of all, we're going to have to close tonight's show. I want to thank everyone for calling in. This is Sage, the poet, host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. It is now 11:30. I want to thank you in a big way, our special guest and feature artist, Kenny Walker Jr. Thank you for calling in and being a part of the Exceptional Scribble Show's broadcast. I want to thank you for the poetry that you shared. And, yes, we're inspired. You you know I'm coming back next week, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. We we would be so honored to have you back as well. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard the episode 220 of the Exceptional Scribble Show in its entirety. We are now signing off for the night. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Thank you.